Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead. Welcome to episode 83 of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast. And, folks, we are here with Mike and Braden at Microbrasserie Cat Origine. Yeah. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Okay, I like that. See, business as usual, as always. <laughs> um, if you want to go and attend to that now. No, it's just, it's be right. just they're telling them that it's not a photo. That's all. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, so thank you for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. Glad to have you here, um, man. No, thank you so much. So this is a, like yeah. a record for us. Um, normally we wouldn't speak to a brewery so early in their uh, last night. You guys are a week and a half, I believe. Is that right? Exactly. April 14th open. And today is April 24th. 4th? Ten days. Yeah, ten days. So ten days. Um, one of the things that I thought was crazy about you guys is that on your opening day you had 1,200 people uh, say they were coming, or at least interested on Facebook, and I was like, for real? And then y'all had like a 40-minute wait all day to get in. Now that is a goddamn achievement, so congratulations. Thank you. Um, this place is gorgeous. Um, love it. Oh, he's wrong. I'm sorry. I got no Farris and beers in here. People are co-hosting with me, sitting there staring like, dude, where? That's my intro. I got thrown up. I got thrown up. It's okay. Um, so before we get into the stories and stuff, we have these, like, this is the best looking flight I've ever seen, by the way. The branding game is strong, so we're going to be talking about that. Um, we're going to start with the, which one? Uh, we're starting with the uh, Apronaut. Apronaut, which is? Which is top left. Top left. Okay. So, tell us about this bad boy. Well, this is your baby, so... Yeah, yeah. I'll oh, give wow. the, the spiel. So, uh, Apronaut is a uh, apricot tea pale ale. Okay. Uh, inspired actually you know it's funny because living in Quebec uh, especially whether Anglophone Francophone the name itself is like actually super difficult to pronounce yeah, but we decided to, to that before. we like, decided to go with it anyways like we got Apricot we got Apricot we got Apricot like just stay <laughs> silent I don't know but uh it is Apronaut, uh, not being kind of the play on words for that for that brew. Uh, this beer was made for a wedding, so that whole, you know, to tie the knot, that's where that second part of the word came from. That makes more sense. And uh, I'm really into puns, so. But yeah, I'll cut them <laughs> off here right now. Like, every two minutes there's a pun, so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. We, we've got oh, yeah. two different colored floors here. we got a gray floor in the tap room and a yeah. red floor in the brewery, and the puns have to stop at the gray floor. So that's when it. he comes into my world, it's, it's it. a whole other no show. More. That's it. <laughs> Pun game strong. Yeah, pun game oh, yeah. strong. That's the episode. Pun game strong. So that's it. Brewed for brewed for a wedding. Uh, groom wanted a pale ale. Bride wanted an apricot tea uh, based beer. So kind of combined both worlds, best of both worlds. Married and them up. Uh, honestly, we're very happy. The tea allows uh, for the fruit aromas coming from the actual fruit without the cloying sweetness that's often there in a fruit beer. Do you, do you use apricot juice or are you putting in actual? No, it's, a, it's actually a tea that we... we okay, it's so a, it's, it's, it's a an jasmine apricot, apricot tea. tea. Yeah. So it's a, it's a dried apricot product and uh, we've been trying different ways to use it lately and trying to figure no. out how to best extract it, but... Um, oh, in the middle talk. There you go. Thank you. 
So then it's almost another pun because it's Africa, not. Hey, there's no, no Africa. Exactly. I did that double entendre on purpose. You remember like, when I didn't get your beer addicted? Pun? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you used, used to uh, brew at home. And he had, his moniker was Beer Addict Ed, as in education. But I thought his name was Ed, and he was making a pun on his name. That's <laughs> an addict. So he got pretty, pretty upset. Yeah, yeah, but uh, no, that's it. Pun game strong. That one, that one, I mean, I think it follows with all of our beers. You actually see on all of our bottles, once they're out for distribution, our, like the tagline for that is that every beer has their own story. Uh, so I think for us it's important that we brew a beer for a purpose, uh, whether it actually be for someone, for something, an occasion, weather, seasons. Exactly. We brew with reason. Just to make them all approachable as well. Yeah. In your in your nose, you you're making your your hopheads happy with an average, not an average, sorry, uh, an everyday pale ale that you're able to just drink. It's sessionable. It's it's easily drinkable, and then you get that little side of the apronaut. The jasmine shines through a little bit. And jasmine, we wanted the jasmine tea. Yeah, it's a it's a jasmine apronaut mix. Um, we'd, we'd like to actually pull the jasmine out a little bit more on the next batch. And I mean, as a new brewery, we're we're trying to work with our equipment and figure out the best ways to do that. So um, yeah, yeah, but this is this is something that I could drink pints of after work, and that's that's really how I judge beer. So you want? Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, everything subtle in it, but also quite apparent at the same time. Yeah. I think is what you kind of like doing, you know, like clean, but, you know, the ingredients are still there and noticeable. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're nailing it. And there's no, like, astringency from the tea, which I imagine can be challenging as well. Yeah. We, we did a lot of a lot of trials on the water tests and stuff before we even decided to put the tea in, because we really wanted to figure out the temperature. We worked with the manufacturer. We really just tried to find the ideal temperature. And, I mean, exactly. in a brewing world, it's never ideal. There's, there's a lot of variables that get thrown into the mix, so... Yeah. We, we found where it worked best for us, and we went with that. Yeah, when we talk with other brewers about the tea beers on the market, because it is starting, I'd say, about a year and a half in now in Quebec, that tea beers are like becoming a thing, and I think that what breweries are struggling with the most, the most with are the astringencies. Yeah. I mean, there's Leo's Early Breakfast. They've been doing that for a couple of years yeah. Yeah. from Dunham. Which is a, a beer that when it first hit, like people went gaga over. Less so lately. They've done a couple barrel aged variants that are quite good. They rebranded as well. Yeah, they rebranded it and they did like a wine, a couple wine barrel aged. So it's a solid beer, but yeah, you definitely get a bit of that as well. And then I think like there's Bastard's Moan. Yeah, the Afus. Yeah, the Afus A series. And what's funny is uh, about like we've been working on these recipes for forever, right? Yeah. And uh, when right before we opened, I'd say maybe 30 days. Uh, they came out with a, an apricot infusé. So, of course, I was laughing. I'm like, all the timing in the world yeah, had to be like be right that now. our local competitor says the same one. But we played a different game when it came to the beers, where we focused more, I think, on the base style of the pale ale, and they focused more on really having that tea as a flagship. And but this is uh, 30 times better. So. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Facts. A little too clear for a pale ale for my liking. But. Yeah, soup, this is a great style, boys. Um, so, I think best then. Colby, I want to know more about the brewery, but I think position that, like, you know, how you guys both got into beer and then how it culminated in this gorgeous establishment. Oh, you go first. Uh, 
was I was a chef by profession. Uh, I moved out to Quebec, road tripped out with a bunch of chef buddies. We graduated from culinary school. The car broke down, hitchhiked the rest of the way. <laughs> the car is still behind a barn somewhere in Saskatchewan. <laughs> I heard the mice have made a house of it. Amazing. 92 Tempo, if anyone wants it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I stayed out here. I met a French girl. You know how it is. It went really well. And um, I've always been a, a student of learning, and I just love it. And then school's so cheap in Quebec as a resident that I did sociology, anthropology degree. And I got out with nothing to do. There's no jobs. I don't want to sit in a chair. I'm incapable of sitting down for more than 10 minutes. And uh, I decided to take that summer off and just try and find brewing. And I started skipping school to sell beer at school. I was brewing about five, six times a week. I think I had like 20, 20 carboys in the house, something like that. Two beers. People were paying $5 for a Grolsch bottle of beer. And I only used Grolsch bottles because they were easy to clean. You know? Yeah. And uh, it just went well. I worked at a restaurant where the owner let me sell out of the fridge as long as I, uh, as long as I gave him a bottle a week, kind of thing, and only to staff, not to the public. And um, no, I, I ended up hitting the street, and I found a job brewing because I had industrial oil rig experience in kitchens, and kitchens, and that got me in. And it's been four years now, and I, I just can't stop. Like I can't get enough. Right. Even in my extra time, I'm, I'm still. That's what brought me here. It was just getting outside of my ordinary nine to five job. Or as a brewer, it's never nine to five, but outside those hours and just trying to do more, learn more, meet people, and uh, it really paid off. And I met these guys about eight, eight nine months ago, and yeah. we just hit off right away. They were looking for a brewer, and uh, went well. And then, I mean, his—he'll tell you his base knowledge, but like all these people know beer too. It's not just somebody that want to open a brewery anymore. It's, experienced home brewers and competitors. It's easy to work with. What's kind of fun too, I think, uh, with Braden is that uh, essentially like your whole brewing experience has been local, like not just local in Montreal, but literally 600 meters, I think. Yeah. This is my third brewery now. Yeah. It's a triangle. Yeah. Different town, Point St. Charles. Yeah. Okay. This is Point St. Charles. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of on the edge, I guess, eh? Yeah, on, on a geographical technical, we're, we're Point St. Charles, uh, but we have literally kind of, we're at the median of like a bunch of different places. I say Griffin Town, you right. even technically like that Verdun, like sideline, and it's kind of cool. We get all those worlds, right? Because each of those worlds in Montreal does, I'd say, attract, house a different crowd, yeah, it's uh, true. a different group of people. Yeah. Um, but funny enough, when we did like our study about the areas that different groups of people, different medium incomes, like the Griffin Town would be a little bit more the young professionals. Quite say Chow being a little bit of an older district, uh, definitely different crowd, a little bit more of an arts uh, district of Montreal. Sure. Uh, industrials, not that many businesses, but now they're all coming. But both sides like willing to kind of spend or be attracted to craft beer because it's that artisanal product now that everyone wants to pay a dollar more to get something better, right? And at the same time, it, it, it's not even that much more because like maybe, you know, when you go to the Dep and you buy bottles, it's clearly a lot more expensive. But I remember going to Hurley's and paying eight bucks for my yeah. pint of Guinness. You're charging less exactly. when you think about it that way. Anyway. And I think... I was going to say, I think just because you said that particular bar, uh, I think imports here have actually really helped the craft scene yeah. because uh, people were used to paying a dollar or two more for a pint for an import, which was always associated to a higher quality product. Uh, but now we actually have higher quality local products. So paying that dollar or two extra for something better, it's not as hard, right? So, yeah. And this is actually better, whereas in the import yeah. game, it's like... You're paying for freight. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think people are really into that here. That's what I really love about Montreal, being I'm from here or Canada in general. Just from the outside, like one of the coolest things about here, it's got the best coffee in Canada. Um, some of the, I, very much arguably some of the best beer. I think 49 of the top 100 rated beers in Canada from Quebec. I mean, that says a lot. It's um, crazy. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, the food scene here is amazing. Like brunch, we're in Wellington Island. It's out of control, and it's starting to come into kind of this sort of area now. Like you know, we're done starting to get popping, and uh, even like Saint Henri's really coming up. And, like it's just it's the perfect time. It seems to be something like I don't know if it's a renaissance as such or it's just the next stage. I think of it's growth. a fierce it's a fierce passion. Like yeah. people are willing to pay for the quality and especially when they know that the quality only costs them ten percent more. It's the restaurant awesome. scene it, it isn't overpriced like Toronto or Vancouver, not to speak ill of those cities, but as a former chef, like you're going out to spend money and to be seen, but but here you're getting a it's still expensive, but you're getting a quality product and you never walk away. Oh, yeah. And I think the city really likes to choose and even brag about where they go. And that's what really exploded our social media as well. It's all these people like day after day, we're, we're moving the, the terrace away, we're moving junk outside. And the amount of people that just stop by to take a picture and try to get in the door was mind blowing. It's crazy. In 10 days. I think the looks. Sorry. No, no, please. I think location plays a good role in that too, because like you'd think that because you're a bit off the beaten path, it might hinder you, but there's just not enough of what you're doing here in the core. Like in the plateau and Mile End, there's a lot going on. You have Benelux here and Basel uh, Montreal, but there's not a ton, right? No, so like the, the huge influx of young professionals and hipsters and everybody moving to this whole area, St. Henry, Verdun, all that, you're going to get a ton of that business here. Right? We so chose to focus on beer, too. Yeah. Like, we didn't choose to focus on food. Uh, you bring your own food. It's our yeah. concept. Oh, you can bring your own food? Yeah, yeah, you can call it pizza. We got a few numbers on the board. Uh, we we all eat Jamaican food today. It was great. Yeah. Numbers Jamaican board, too. Um, right around the corner, we got all, all the closest, friendliest restaurants yeah, on the board. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, we got some yeah. jerk chicken today and peas and rice. Good. We're going to name drop Boom, yeah. Boom yeah. Jays in there because uh, <laughs> oh, they're, they're, yeah. they're really... Oh, they're, yeah. Nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're the bomb. It's really hard. My girlfriend's Jamaican and she's from Toronto, so we're always in Toronto, like exactly. everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So when we were there, it's easy. You come here, you can't get a patty anywhere. Like, oh, no, no, no. I, I was surprised. No way. Yeah. Been like six years, haven't found anything. God it's damn. hard. It's hard. There's a few depths, <laughs> hey. but that's it. You know. Good to know you guys are gonna hook me up. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, what's your story? Actually, okay. before you get the story, yeah. it looks like the army is still going random, but what's the next one? Uh, the next one's Ironworks. I think we're stepping up here. And uh, I'll, I'll let the blonde out. Yeah, yeah it's our blonde. I'll let Braden go. This is actually kind of the first time Braden and I bump, well, not bump heads, but actually merge to kind of create something together. Yeah, I mean, this is probably the beer we brewed the most in a garage. <laughs> By garage, I mean minus 40 with uh, transfer lines freezing and all that fun <laughs> stuff. And I think we brewed it probably eight or nine times on a weekend. And everyone was worse for wear that weekend. But. Uh, so it's, uh, what yeah. we wanted to do is choose a quality grain, choose a, a blonde that, that would drop out clear, but but we weren't worried about haze, we weren't scared of the haze, and I embraced the haze. And I find that if I'm dropping things out of my beer, then I'm probably losing some flavor. Sorry guys, photo. No worries, man. Um, so I wanted something that would appeal to the, not connoisseur, not even the hop head, but someone that would appreciate a little bit of hop finish on it, but something I could also hide, not hide, but, um, Make an illusion that it wasn't a hoppy or a hop forward beer at all, and uh, we're 
I'll get my mom in here and she'll drink pints of this. Yeah, she's gonna say the same. But if someone's looking for that hop, someone's looking for that finish, they're able to find it in the beer itself. And, I mean, uh, I noticed it kind of doesn't do many golden. I'm from Australia, and I'll say I went back a few times recently. It's all they do in Australia, like golden ales, like the, and summer ales, and I was kind of uh, surprised to see a golden ale. Why did you guys choose to do a golden ale over a blonde or, or a lager or something? It was more how it turned out, really. More how it turned uh, out. We, we came up with a grain bill, we brewed it a few times, and we're like, we can't, we can't call this a blonde. Yeah, it's like it, it was something more, else. More it was than a less than an amber, but more than a blonde. And, I think yeah. it was uh, our choice of just the malts that we wanted in the beer to, to give it a bit of body to itself. Um, I mean, we use Munich, we got flake toasted weed, we got all kinds of uh, nice Canadian malts in there as well. And it's, it's, uh, I agreed. I not put it like silly. It's a marketing thing too, right? Like uh, blonde, that word, like a blonde ale. It's, it's unfortunate, but it's taken a negative turn in the consumer's mind. Oh, yeah. uh, the market just has so much crap out there that blonde is kind of like that basic bitch beer, if I may say. Absolutely, you that say that. I agree. just kind of fell to the bottom of the quality spectrum. And the golden at the other end, I mean, depending, I guess ours is like at the, the cleanest end of the golden spectrum possible. Uh, golden ales, depending on where you go, can even have like a Belgian twist to them, right? right. Yeah. Uh, but like we wanted something that people would be attracted to, a nuance to kind of bring the style back. So. Very cool. I'm glad you did that because I feel the same. Whenever I see a blonde, even like it wanting to review and try everything, I'm like, ah. it's, it's not, not worth your time. It's not it's worth not your alcohol units for the day, right? Smart. <laughs> and the carbohydrate and everything. Like it's just exactly. not worth it. And I'd rather if it was a lager, like we were just talking about before, good lager, good pills, something like that. Those cake cows, not worth it. No, it's just not. <laughs> Blondes are very, I had one good one from Vermont. I can I think about it regularly. It was that good for a one. And that was kind of it. Like they just become, like you said, that sort of And it's, it's something that you have to have, especially because our business model is more geared towards a tap room and distribution. Yeah. But this, we're this we're not going to hit 12 packs of blonde in your fridge. That's not what we want to do. No. no. I think this, this, this hits the same taste profile you know, with more flavor, like from the malts, more than exactly. uh, Then a blonde devil would, and it'll, uh, I'm sure it'll get people. It's still a, a gateway beer. Yeah, exactly. Maybe you bring your friend who's exactly. not a beer drinker. You say your mom will come and crush it if she's not a beer drinker. But like, it's comfortable enough that they'd be like, oh, well, that was really good. Let me try the, the apricot one. Yeah. When they would normally be like, no, no. Exactly. Those beers are kind of unsung. And even that, like a step further, like here we have CSP sales, which is essentially sales to bars or restaurants, right? And uh, those those can be hard to get, you know, for a couple of reasons. One being just loyalty to another brand, like long-stemming loyalty. Uh, others can be uncertainty about a new product. Uh, it can be the like lack of selection. But this beer, along with Crumpet, which we'll get to, are like two very basic styles. This golden ale and a brown ale, which are very well done in our opinion, and they can pair with kind of, okay, take this guy, which is super clean, and then take one of our other ones, which is a little bit different with a twist on something. That way you satisfy, you replace that existing lager or ale that's already there, and you add your little special touch to it. So this is hopefully gonna get us in to more places, give us more exposure, and kind of give that bar, restaurant owner more comfort that they're taking someone who's not just focused on IPAs, who's not just focused on stouts, not just focused on making everything with bread, you know, someone who's focused on having a selection for their customer, which is what our, our tap room is really focused on 100%. I love it. I call it my third pint. I want something that's flavorful, I want something that's flavorful, and on the third pint, you know, I probably should go home, but I'm going to have one more. 
course you are. I like that. It's nice though. It's got the the grain really comes out in it a lot. You get that like fresh cut meat kind of flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the bitterness is apparent, like you were talking about. It gives there's like there is, is a certain yeah. hoppiness there, but it's not. It's not like the session, which is a lot sharper no, and finish or whatever. Um, so yeah, fantastic. Um, I think we kind of like just got excited. I'm yeah, yeah. Over your story, yeah. man. It's okay. I have it memorized pretty well. So. <laughs> Bam. <laughs> uh, look, I'm I'm a home brewer by by trade. Uh, where did that come from? I'm also a tap rooms full tonight. Got some chatting yeah. in the back. Hockey games. That's it. Go leave. Sorry. I was actually going to the Bruins. I think that's yeah. basketball, by the way. But. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta change Go that. Go Someone yell at Keegan. Change that. Uh, that's Keegan. Uh, so yeah. Okay, well. yeah, exactly. Ke- uh, Keegan's my partner. The earliest one to kind of start this project okay. with it as well. But we'll uh, we'll get that in the yes, story. Yeah, so. uh, Yeah. So as I was saying, homebrew by trade, uh, home brewer by trade. Uh, also a very competitive person. That's how this kind of all started. A little silly competition with my best friend. Actually, I didn't know that homebrew was a thing. And seven years ago, one of my friends called me and said, there's this little homebrew shop in the West Island uh, called Bootlegger. And I'm like, first of all, I don't want to go to the West Island. Second of all, why would anyone brew their, why would anyone brew their own shit when they can buy it, you know, a 24 for $25 in Quebec, right? So, um, but no, and all. Then we, we made it there, and I kind of fell in love with the whole craft idea of it. And I brewed it. I tried to clean as well as possible since I read and heard that cleaning was more than half the battle in the brewing world. We're still teaching you. Yeah, we're, exactly. I'm just I'm still scared of caustic. That's the only thing. Uh, but yeah, so we six weeks later, I had a barbecue. I had friends over, and you know, one guy I'll never forget told me that this tasted better than what his brother had made as a home brewer, and he'd been home brewing for a couple of years. So I kind of got that little competitive spark ignited, being right, like, I, yeah, I was so. born to do this. And then <laughs> I went for I went to Thailand for a month, actually, and I did a little bit of soul searching. Uh, I studied CPA by trade, so chartered accountancy. And uh, I, after our internship, my first taste of that, we went to Asia. I was in a tuk-tuk in the middle of Bangkok, and I was like, I think I want to brew beer. I think that's what I want to do. And then three years later, I met Keegan uh, at a bo- uh, at a at a party that his brother invited him to, and dragged his ass off the couch because he didn't want to go. So it was a very small chance he never went to that party. Small happenstance. Yeah, exactly. And being that you know that home brewer by heart, showed up to the party with not a case of store-bought beer, but a case of my own beer. Put it down on the counter. Obviously, bombers, those big ones, tell everyone they have to share it. No one take one themselves. And And everyone's leery to start, too. Exactly. So, (laughs) Any homebrewer shows up to a house party. Oh, I mean... It's never a bad thing, but we've all had our experiences. Well, I showed up at the perfect time. I showed up at that time where the person had their first two beers, so everything I had was amazing. Yeah, yeah, right? (laughs) That one warmed up. Exactly. So Keegan Included tried that, and literally the next weekend, we were sitting around the table in my apartment talking about a business plan to open a brewery. And how long ago was this? Four years ago. Four years. Five now. Since we're talking about your homebrew, we should probably crack your homebrew that I brought. Oh my god, we should, (laughs) eh? That is just dangerous. Should we we end on that? Should. uh, Yeah, I'd probably get it. Yeah. That's what you want to do it now. It's up to you. No, no, no. I'm I'm good with ending with it. Makes sense. So you did, so you got that homebrew that long ago? Yeah, so like just before you get into this, I met uh, Mike through social media, I guess. I, I, I write a blog called Beerism, that's what it's been for, and I've been doing it for seven years now. So back then, 
you've probably been homebrewing what like a year or two I'm guessing something like that or maybe yeah a couple and you used to throw these parties where people would put down 20 bucks and you'd get like X amount of pints from your your kegs exactly. and we'd do like a tasting where you'd pin your homebrew against like a commercial version yeah blind uh, was that was it blind yeah, yeah it was so it was, it was actually well the one I went to anyway he had two versions of like an IPA that he had brewed uh, it was around the time that like morality dropped from Jitsia. Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. And I think you were, I don't know, not that you were going for a clone, but it was like something, something like that. around those and lines. And I chose that as the commercial example. No, you, you chose the Keats Galaxy, oh, which tasted like just a nasty <laughs> lager. So like everyone sipped them, they're like, okay, well, this this is clearly not the cheap <laughs> beer. Hey, it's all about but, contrast. You know, I like that. I, don't, I went for quality. At the time, it was new, so you might not have tried it yet. Uh, I hadn't, and it, was, it wasn't very good. But anyway, your, your two brews were good. They were slightly different, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then we started talking. I wrote an article about what you were doing at the time as Beer Addicted. I, well, yeah, Beerism does Beer Addicted. <laughs> I remember the title of that guy. Very, very simple to the point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ed makes that's, good That's beer. what my blog was like back then. And it was fun, too, because like you shared it, and all your friends shared it, and it was like this... Uh, oh, we were the both tumbleweed, you know? new yeah, to it exactly. a little bit, or newer than we are now. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Like the the beer that we will try later, that was from that, is one that we'll we'll be releasing later in the year. Yeah. Uh, it's an imperial, from Belgian imperial. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we look back that I think maybe caffeine was in there, or there was something similar. There might have been a few of those nuances. So yeah, I had drank this stout that had uh, that you brewed with. Oreo cookies. Oh yeah. yeah, that was amazing because it had this salty edge to it, you know. And it wasn't a goza or anything; it was a fucking stout. Um, but it it really worked. I was expecting it to be kind of a mess, but I think that's what you pride yourself on: was taking bizarre ingredients, incorporating it in the beer, that and worked. doing it in a way that was kind of <laughs> clean and drinkable, yeah. and not like a pastry stout, which is like the thing now. So yeah, hundred percent. It's dope. Um, so okay, brewing, yeah, room. so. Business plan. Exactly. Business plan. The uh, so the business plan uh, took off. I'd say I'd say the next four years were broken up into two segments. Uh, the first two years were literally spent on brand. Yeah, I'm just gonna take a moment to talk about brand because it means a lot to me, and I think it's something that every business should take more than a moment to think about and talk about. Particularly in beer. That's something Particularly in beer. And a lot of breweries are cool. Like they just don't always get it because brewers are generally artists. Yeah. Oh, it's an art. You took the words out of science and art. And you can't be bothered with the small things. That's it. I'm like, oh, I just want to make the beer. And I get it. But it's so, so important. And even as a marketer myself, and coming in and seeing what you've done here, I can tell this extreme attention to detail in every little element of it. So I'd love to hear more. Branding is everything. But very simply, uh, there's two ways to do something. To, well, there's two ways to start a business. There's the right way and there's the wrong way. The right way is to start it with with reason and also to start it after you come up with a concept and a strategy and a direction, right? Uh, we came up with our brand way before we started to talk about taproom design, product design, anything. Uh, as you said, because of the arts background of a lot of the brewing industry, uh, very often, unfortunately, the name is actually pulled out of a hat once the actual products take shape, which, look, if the beer is good, it will sell. Uh, I always say that a good product with bad marketing will still sell. A bad product with good marketing will still sell. But a good product with great marketing will rise to the top. And 
that's something that I hope we can do. And when I say rise to the top, it means make an impact, make a difference, grab the public's attention, and then run with it, right? Absolutely. Uh, and change, try to change things for the better. So, whoa, getting ahead of myself here. So, branding. Uh, we took two years to come up with a brand. We knew one thing, and we wanted it to be Montreal-centric. So we wanted to make sure that our beer, our brand, the way that we speak, we think, we act, would transcend to this is how Montreal feels for beer. The way we did that is we're all historians. We all love history. Braden is literally kind of a historian. It's so. ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, we'll I can tell of, you who lived over there 100 years ago. Yeah. I love it. And yeah. we'll, John Smith. Ginger ale producer. <laughs> there was no brewer. I was looking for a brewer so hard. And I got ginger ale was the closest. Close enough. That's it. Fair enough. So we, we love to kind of, we again, it's all about reason, purpose. And I think that like our brand stems from a purpose. It, it, it comes from where Montreal stem from, where brewing roots in this city stem from. Four Origins as a brand uh, is, you know, closely but loosely tied to Montreal's uh, like foundation. It's actually very, very much tied to even the Montreal flag. Uh, this this brand was incorporated with a brewing in, in mind, like well, brewing history in mind, and where the city came from. What we did is we we took the four founding countries of Montreal that had the strongest brewing heritage and decided to make them the forefront of our brand. Okay. So Four Origins does have the four flowers enveloped in the actual logo, which represent Scotland, Ireland, France, and England. Okay. Okay? And the reason that we depicted it the way we did is because what we wanted to say was that four different cultures, you know, originally back when Montreal wasn't really Montreal, but it was just an island, Four of these brewing heritage cultures came together to create a fifth flower, which is actually the logo as a whole, that represents Montreal today. Obviously today we have, this city has probably one of the most varied cultured backgrounds of any city on the entire planet. Uh, and everyone who lives in this city is super proud of that. I mean, everyone who talks about Montreal, they say it's a food city. They say it's a, it's an art city. It's it's a district. It's a it's a light city, city of lights, even though other cities actually have that tagline. And that's all related to the varying cultures that exist here today. Right. But that all started somewhere, right? Uh, and for us, again, we always focus on beer. As Braden said before, our taproom concepts literally only focuses on beer. We have no kitchen, we have no hard alcohol license. All we serve is beer, plus some chips and snacks to keep the kids happy. Because kids are actually allowed in the tavern. Right. Which is good, family friendly. It's kind of an area where it's more inclined to be families. And yeah. if they can bring their kids, I'm sure like dogs or something on the patio. Or dogs on the patio for now, for sure. Uh, yeah. There's definitely a massive, this snuck fast security on opening nights <laughs> and no yeah. one can figure out how to get it out. But <laughs> All right, well, it's in here now. And, and then three more people waited in line because that was the circumference that dog took out. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. That was the big guy? Oh, he's a huge one. Was he drinking? He was trying to eat a guy's poutine. The <laughs> <laughs> guy wasn't too happy, he wasn't going to tell the massive no. Then you're like, okay, what do you want? That's it, that's it. It's yours, it's yours. Take it, take it. So, yeah, I mean, look, we're passionate about brand. I'm particularly passionate about branding, the whole team is. As you can see, the flights we're drinking out of are literally the design I just explained. Yeah. Uh, the flower. Uh, 
obviously the flower incredible attention to these. Oh man, I mean these. By the way, I, I love how everyone loves these, but holy shit, were these a pain in the ass to make? We made <laughs> these by imagine. hand. Every yeah. piece you was see was like a different piece assembled together. It was essentially slave labor. We, we oh, yeah. sent some investors home with pieces, and we told them to come back. Do it. I think there's and eight hours of work in every taster. Like not really? even joking, it's ridiculous. Yeah, thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. It was that was thirty-five. Was assembly hours. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty intense. So we're gonna find a better way, but we <laughs> like the design. That's it. Outsource, outsource, outsource. Yes. So uh, yeah, look, two years of branding, super, super important. Uh, the next two years were about location and design. Okay. Uh, location wasn't easy. I'd say it was probably the hardest. It was finding the real estate, securing the lease was and will be for any other brewery starting what will make it or break it. It is like you can put your heart into a business plan, you can brew the best beer in the world, but if you can't, first of all, find the place and then reasonably negotiate a lease with a reasonable landlord and a reasonable real estate agent, you won't have anything. So that was a battle. Keegan was definitely the reason we secured what we did today. I think for a year and a half, he must have hassled the real estate agent for this place. After you know, going back and forth, if you guys don't have an existing business, you have nothing, why would I lease a place like this to you? Why would I give you a five-year, why would I give you a 10-year lease for something that, it's, it, was, it was an empty warehouse we're sitting in. It was completely empty. So to think of a brewery being in here was, was kind of far-fetched at the time, especially when you look at how young these kids are that want to start this place, right? Yeah, right. So was it a shit show? Like, was it a mess? Or was it oh, it was a, just a battle, a back and forth of like no leverage to full, I don't care if you don't lease this place. Uh, but in the end, everyone was happy. Uh, we're getting a lot of you know good feedback from the people who helped us get this place. A lot of pride at what the final result is. And look, at the end of the day, we couldn't have done it without them either, right? So as long as everyone's happy, we're good. It to was go. carte blanche too. This place was empty, so we had a playground to work with. Wow. Yeah. When we started, it looked massive. It was way too big. There was no way in hell we were gonna fill this place. <laughs> Today we're already like, how do we build up the walls? Because yeah, we have 35 foot ceilings here, and uh, that's it. we're paying for all the space. So, so you got to make a mezzanine or something. That's yeah, it. yeah, we, we've already placed a mezzanine in the brew house, and we're thinking of putting another one in behind as well. And uh, we, I mean, the budget for the mezzanine originally was in the tap room, but oh, then really? once we realized, yeah. well, once we not once we realized, once we got smarter, and you know, you you come to see how much storage a brewery actually storage requires. Storage more than seats. Yeah. The, the mezzanine went over there. All storage. The majority of it uh, is uh, just fridge space. It's just fridge space. The whole thing. Uh, yeah, um, up until about where he gets standing, yeah. the end of the beer taps, then it's uh, five five washrooms and plumbing. All the washrooms around there, okay. Yeah, so storage is essentially behind the brew house and all the mess above. Right. It is tight already, and we're starting to fill it up smarter, and we'll always find better systems, too. Oh, I'm sure you will, yeah. Ten days in, so you know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go easy. Like. Exactly. So how many um, investors or partners are there? We are three uh, investors who are heavily involved. Okay. Uh, well, three partners. I mean, it's Keegan, myself, and, and Ben. Okay. Uh, who, Ben is... Uh, I say a silent but very active partner. He's not silent at all. He's the he's just not working full time in the business. Ben's here every Tuesday, uh, by the way. And yeah. He plays great hip hop. Yeah, yes. fr Friday. Friday is yeah, uh, big time. Big time. Ben Friday as well. And uh, no, Ben. Uh, ben was like that kind of third leg to that tripod that started this thing. Gotcha. Um, which is, I guess, I'm just gonna add that in real quick. Uh, 
Keegan came from sales and distribution, yeah. myself, uh, accountancy, and Ben is a lawyer by trade. So nice. kind of these three guys oh, coming together to create a business this yeah. was like the, the golden night of administration that you would want. So <laughs> I love it. And uh, that, I mean, again, we wouldn't have been able to do it because I'm not even going to go into it, but the whole thing I'm not talking about when it comes to starting a business, especially in this province, is the legal side. I bet. Uh, we can talk about like the laws. I mean, even CBC was in here, and their only question was, "How do you feel about like the, you know the government's kind of uh, speed of the following the brewing industry, an industry that's kind of five speeds ahead of everyone else?" And the, the answer is, they just can't follow it, right? So they're moving at a snail's pace. But okay, last little thing to my rats. Oh, and I'm loving it. And this then we're done. We're here for. Uh, so after you know the, the location sealed, then it's designed. Uh, that's very apparent by just you guys seeing in here. Look, the market, the, definitely the market on the shelves of any grocery or depanara is saturated. Uh, there are a million brands. I have officially made my opinion. It's it's official 100% that it is so now that anyone who doesn't have a strong knowledge of beer will actually be turned off by going into the craft beer section sure. of Metro or IGA. It's, it's intense. It is intense, it is, it is so aggressive and like confusing and just like, if you don't know what you're looking at, you don't want to look at it. Yeah, he's like, uh, I'm, I'm at it. Exactly. That one has a pretty bottle, I'm gonna buy that, that and then you and run out of the section and buy that's a 12 what <laughs> ends up happening because, and it's, it's not even anyone's fault, right? Because if you walk into something and you just see bottles and bottles and bottles and they all have different logos and you don't know the difference between an IPA and a stout, you're going to buy the bottle that looks cool to you because yeah. you got nothing else to and then that's, that's half of the sale. Right? Yeah, yeah that's yeah. how it looks on the yeah. store shelf. And that will probably, back to which is a brewer, is, is just horrible. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Really, the guy with the prettiest can wins. Like, <laughs> it's like, I don't care what the can looks like, I put it in the in the can, it's, it's gone, sell it, please. And that's where the design comes in. It's like where the design. If you can't design a good label, a good bottle, or even have any informative marketing on your your product, no, one, no one's going to buy you over the other hundred and probably seventy breweries in Quebec. Hundred. Wait, wait. One, one sixty-seven. That. Oh, we are one sixty-seven. Three just hit up. <laughs> yeah, yeah we sure probably just opened up. The There's forty-six on the books right now. So yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a really good point. And even to expand on that as an anglophone. He's not from here. Before I started the podcast and was completely unfamiliar with um, Quebec breweries, I'm looking in there, I'm like, I don't know, like that one that I, I'm, I'm OCD, so I went for the ones that had a consistency. So I wouldn't be like, all right, one from them, one, like I've only had like three true to the R beers because I just didn't get to them because they were all big bottles and I just couldn't be bothered. But then unapproachable for at the time. But I went for a bunch of Dunham, I think Le Nofraja, I went for a bunch of theirs because they had this consistent theme yep. that I found that was just easy to consume. Like, you know, I'll, I'll just start there. I see them everywhere. But then now I even take other friends into Peluso, like the big one. And um, then it's like, I don't know, you tell me, right? This my, like my co-host, Scott, even he, like a complete beer guy, he knows his stuff. The Quebec, something about, like it's super impressive, but it's also super intimidating. Yeah. And on the same note, I was gonna point out about branding, so I think you probably appreciate this. I love it when you see you got a, a run of cans, run of bottles, and they're like a similar design, but like block colors that'll separate yeah. the individual thing. Because if you see them on the shelf, 
you'd be like, ah, sick, because you might just be like, yeah. give me all of them, or like, I like the blue one, or whatever, right? Familiarity. Familiarity with that consistency of branding, and if it's like, there's other cans, we were talking about it earlier, sometimes like the, the art is too busy, yeah. and like, it's all clean, you guys are clean. I find well. that in the Ontario market, because Quebec hasn't gone up on the can market yet, yeah. and we're just starting to get there, and Slowly. it's, it's going to be a cool. shit show. I, I'm excited be... for it, but it, it's also scary. <laughs> it's definitely going to be kind of intense because it's going to just add to the whole noise I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. of what's around um, but on top of that stores like Peluso separate the, the shelves by style yeah. now as cool as that is oh well not yeah we're going to the IPA fridge but I can't we're going to get to see this consistent like brewery and the IPA fridge is always in the back the one that the big one is, it's around the corner, you gotta go in. But the other uh, cool yeah, Rochelle that I yeah. found like two weeks ago, yeah, the Rochelle one is annoying. The Rochelle one I didn't know it existed until like six months ago when I lived next the, door. The I didn't know there was IPA in the fridge. Yeah, neither did I. I was wandering around for 20 minutes, like, where is it? It's this tiny little sign that says IPA like, around the corner. Yeah. Um, but I found another pool sign probably really late here, but there's another one on Beaubien. Yeah. yeah, it just opened up. It's a really nice store. It's so much nicer. It's that glass fridge like, when you walk dude, in, the four sided so glass sexy. fridge is like. Yeah. The best showcase, it's a trophy. Now that is a great point, because all the other shelves are all separated by style, but that trophy fridge has got like a whole batch of like, cool, here's like Vox Populi, here's something, and they're all like, I don't like that, that looks nice. Yeah. So there's multiple challenges, because Ontario doesn't do that. They don't really separate by style too much. They kind of just kind of shove everything together. By brewery in the LCBO, where you can get in the LCBO, basically. Well, I mean, I guess I'm already referring to LCBO stuff there because we're much more limited. And beer store now started to do it, but I don't want to support them because of who they are. So never even go there. If I can't see the beer, I don't want to buy the beer. Well, there's that too. And even the ones you can walk in, I know I'm I'm giving money to Molson and stuff, so I don't want to do that. I don't buy their beers on purpose. Why would I go to their store to buy a craft beer where most of the money's going to their taxes anyway? So it kind of makes no sense, but. So it's a, it's a different um, challenge. Yeah, and that's why that's why it took us two years, right? Because we identified all that, we saw what existed, we saw what we. I mean, it's a really important to. It's good to identify what you like, but if you want to move forward and make better decisions, you have to start by identifying what you don't like. You have to yeah. eliminate what doesn't work, and uh, I think we wanted that consistency. But I didn't just want to go into Illustrator and tap a different color on every label, right? So it's like, exactly. And it goes with our branding where I said that like every beer has its own story. Yep. So we have a completely consistent frame outline for every beer. But I wanted to give a little bit of artwork and a little bit of a little bit of personality. I love the word personality for beer because I think every person has a personality and every beer you know, who it's attracted to an individual should have a personality as well. So yeah. that was what we tried to do. The beer itself, as a brewer, the, the beer is always slightly different. Yeah. yeah. It's these imperceptible differences that, that no one else picks up on, but essentially every batch is special to me. I, I know how it's fermented, why it fermented, exactly. where it went great, where, where I could have improved on it, and, and it's that just tasting it every day and knowing like, hey, this lager doesn't taste like farts anymore. <laughs> it's coming along great. It's going good. I mean, these guys not working in an industrial brewery before, it kind of scared them, the, the, the language I would use. Like, oh, it's not farty anymore. Yeah, like, it was that one. Oh, that oh one. no, but they're starting to see, like, oh, my God, this is the transformation process, and everything's different. Right. And our biggest job is to keep it as close as possible and the highest quality as possible as well. Right. What's interesting about the the beer scene when it comes to branding is I find like you walk into the, the SAQ and you look at wine, I, and although this is starting to change now with you know California wine and probably Australia wine too, 
like all, all the labels have this like pseudo classiness to them. Like it's always like a white label with like nice penmanship or whatever, or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah. It's all, which you know, if it was one particular brand, it's kind of cool. It's very basic, but that's like everything, right? Yeah. Whereas in the, the beer scene. It's so different because you can have something like Goose Island's Matilda and those so beers that look like yeah. that, yeah. and it's cool for beer because it's like it has this classiness. And you have like Dunham stuff, which they uh, get an open. artist yeah. for every single one of their bottles, give or take, uh, different artists from Quebec, whatever, and all over the place. And they and they let the artists go wild with it. Like they don't even I don't even think they ask them to do a theme. They're like, like here's the beer, you do it, and they kind of made a decision that. No matter what you give us, we're going to put on the label. And I remember there was, uh, this, this, they did a creek, and it had a picture of, this cartoon picture with a bunch of naked women, oh, naked, okay, like, yeah, heavyset yeah. women, and, like, it, you know, con controversial type of image, yeah. and they got a lot of flack for it, but one of the owners was oh, kind of just one. explaining yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that, like, what we're trying to do is just give the artist carte blanche, and then what they give us, they give us. And so, like, so, that's kind of one getting too, right? Yeah. For that reason. Yeah. 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 Oh, really? Yeah, I had like little titties out and uh, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. But then they have another one with the nude woman on it. The the uh, yeah, they have the had orange. Hit, they hit the, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the name of it, but it's their like their take on like a finer's red, where it's an orange beer. Um, but that one didn't get much flack because it's just like a solid naked that's woman. That's what I'm but talking it was, about. There was something about the innuendo on the other one that really like. Annoyed people? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the beauty of our, our scene is that, like we we do beer, but everyone else that works with us does something else and they want to excel. So like I think it's the forefront of graphic design. Like any graphic yeah, designer, exactly. if they can get into a brewery there, they yeah, made like, it. Yeah. yeah. Just here, make this. Like we, we have artists that are doing our, our chalkboards at the top. We give them an idea and a basic image, but like a lot of that's interpretive based on the labels. Yeah. It's, it's really incredible to see like the artisans that come in and work with us, the guys who've done our woodwork, the guys that did the steel work, our tables, uh, even building the, the patio today. Like, and like everyone's just so invested in what they're Rain doing. Rain or shine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it was raining today and we had that Kabuto out there. Still Sorry, going to John Deere. My bad. Yeah. It was amazing. I literally had to go to Rona to pick up knee pads. That just shows us what the day <laughs> is today. So. There's some bloody knees going on. <laughs> oh, that's gorgeous. Okay, um, intermission. We got to get onto this third. Yeah. Beer here. Yeah, so this is the ESB. This is the uh, our English brown ale. English brown ale, I'm sorry, okay. Yeah, and actually this what's cool about this one is that uh, this was I guess the only one that we brought in and that Braden kinda went we didn't test bash this guy. Alright. This straight, is straight, straight to business. Let it fly. Fifty barrels right away. We chose uh Burton Ale yeast, we wanted to get a little out there and then literally try something. From Different. I mean, a lot of people are using it. We're not the only ones, but yeah. Escarpment Labs really inspired me on Ontario, and yeah, um, those guys were great to work with. And the quality of their yeast was top notch. And this beer, is man. just a beer that I do need a beer. Always providing, boss man. Look at that. <laughs> so, I mean, the idea with this beer, very pure and simple, is that uh, look, brown ale is brown ale is it. not as available as. I want it to be. Uh, I don't I know why. A lot of people actually say that. I, I just don't know why. It's like, it's not, well, first of all, I guess it kind of falls between the lines of like the dark beers. And people are like, it's not dark enough. Everyone wants porters, stouts. Like, yeah. we're gonna see a probably gonna see a porter resurgence, but the brown is still kind of kicking just in the back there. We have Newcastle yeah. over here, and you have American brown ales that are a great product as well, but it's so not the same thing. It's so like, the, the English brown. This is more the. Is this crumpet or crumpet? Crumpet. Crumpet. Yeah. We went for uh, like even specific because I mean again, his, history buff park gonna come out, but. If 
you talk about the England, Braden can speak for it even more if he wants, but we talk about English style, any style, there's layers to that. Okay. And uh, this particular one was based off of more of a northern English where it's even lighter in taste. Uh, probably the most sessionable brown you can have. Uh, something, what I love about Crumpet is that if someone comes in and says, I want something but not a not a not your standard blonde, or I want a red, or I want, I don't I, want hoppy and I don't want roost. It's like, yeah, I got something. If I drink another roost, I'm going to lose my mind. Oh my God. Because Quebec yeah. is color-coded. I am so <laughs> done with roost. Like, I just <laughs> can just fuck right up. As much because as I love it. It's like this weird red lager thing. But it, 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 it just doesn't work. It's just all about color. It's never about yeah. flavor, right? Um, How do I make this redder? I'll <laughs> throw in some of these malts. It's, it's never a balance. Like this, I feel like this falls, like you were saying, it's like a... I don't know a lot about the different um, English beers in terms of like a brown ale from Northern English versus a brown ale from Southern, that kind of stuff. But I've definitely had my share of English pale ales, bitters, and brown ales over the years. And this has the nuttiness of a brown ale, but it has the drinkability of like an English style pale ale. Yeah. I think that's probably that's what, what we were going for, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm super excited to get some casks in and drink this on casks. So that would be sick. Oh, that would be This is, I've had a few Brits that. in here now, and they're we like, have. Yeah, where the fuck is your beer engine? Like, no, it's, yeah, it's they the say like this really is perfect, solid. but we're just missing, you know, the, this again, it's the first time we get up to the 15. So I'd say that for this batch, we want to get a little more malty next time. And the Brits want us to, obviously they want us to dial in carbonation levels yeah. lower, but we're not in a market that necessarily appeal to cast. So on draft, but, but well, then again, do I like mean, a, a couple one-off casts, maybe chuck some vanilla in one cast, or something. Yeah, yeah. Like, and sure. that, that's the beauty of like just playing with it, but like a beer engine on my side, that, that's my ultimate toy right now. Because that beer's not going to go bad. I'm Tap it on Thursday. I don't have to throw it out on Sunday. Yeah, right. Sell it at fifty percent off. <laughs> That's the problem with cask a lot of time with brewers. We get super excited about the cask. It's Friday night. We tap the cask at the end of the shit. We start drinking. We come back on Monday and it's at the Got level it. we left it at. Yeah. It's like cask is something hard to push. I think. Yeah. I mean, if you do like twenty liters. I mean, maybe it's like a, make an event around it. Clearly, you guys can pull people, which is what I want to talk exactly. about next. Um, if I may, well, actually, just to touch on this tap room, is you guys have nailed yeah. this. I love the contrast of the open brick, the the modern kind of black there, the walls. Of, this is such a great looking bar, super attractive. The fairy lights, if you want to call them that, and the ladder story, the, the shitty Chinese ladder that uh, got no grip. So now it's a light fixture, like. It's, and, and then the greenery, <laughs> the plant, like this to me, like this is like, and this is, I mean this in the most positive way, as my favorite, I love hipster cafes, third wave cafes, you guys, this looks like that. Yeah. I, I, I would like to point out that all the picnic tables are also hand burned. Yeah, yeah, we bought shitty $80 picnic tables and, and took the biggest mother f***ing blowtorch you've ever <laughs> seen. It was the best day at work, I thought. <laughs> yeah, we got a giant torch and everyone got the torch on the table. That's awesome. Yeah, and the so finish looks great. Did you put your name in it too? Uh, the darkest one's Keegan's and uh, well, what, we can actually happened, tell from the color and yeah, the dedication of the happen. Well, what happened I think was that like Keegan burnt the first table, like a nice little light caramel. Then we went at the next two, like a little bit darker caramel and then Keegan wanted to feel even darker. So he's like, I'm going to charge the oh. shit out of this. <laughs> like, fire department K. <laughs> that's, it, that's it. You put I, a beer on it, it crumbles. For sure, for sure. If you look under, it actually says Keegan and Char. No, it's okay. <laughs> you should do that. But uh, but yeah, that's that's the last little point I was going to say was the tap the design, right? That's yep. something that, I mean, that's what makes the experience here. And I'm, I'm going to focus on the word experience because coming here is not about just coming to a bar or a brew pub or even a brewery. It's about coming and experiencing 
why, how, who, what, where craft beer is made. Yeah. And that's what we felt was, you know, I started that whole rant about competition on the shelves in the grocery because it exists. But what's not as competitive here is the vibe and tap room, that word, that whole experience. We want we wanted to bring it strong to Montreal. Right. It's not even a word that you hear here. It's just it's just not existent. It's brew pub here, not tap room. Yeah, yeah. And but then, there's and a beer tend to focus on food quite often. Correct. I find like once you serve the food, you become a restaurant with beer. You don't become a brewery with food. Right. Everyone comes for the food. I mean, like Brazo Marial, great place, but it's essentially a restaurant with beer, and then they sell their beer elsewhere. So what we want to do here is, you know what? Bring whatever food you want. And if someone next to your beer. table likes it, yeah. yeah, they'll call the same place. We had oh, food yeah. truck in the last two weekends. He was making incredible. He had a, he had a smoker out back. He was making pulled pork poutine, all that stuff. And, uh, That's it. Oh, he sold out of food both nights. Was, uh, Amazing. And what we yeah. No, no, well, what, what that does for us too, I mean, community is super important to the brand. Supporting uh, local businesses. Supporting local businesses. Chance, so yeah. like, it's like, I, who the hell is Connie's Pizza? Well, Connie's Pizza is probably oh, one man. of the oldest Point St. Charles so businesses. the best pizza in the city. And it's I the best pizza in the like, city. Yeah, so, because I lived on that block. And That's, we just randomly went and like, Jesus, what is this is the best pizza I've ever made. So like, we oh, have the qualities fancy ass pizza chains in Griffintown. Like some selling is a two for one, like no one would know. You don't know, but you order it here, you can. You know what? Connie's like just legend, and you know what? Point St. Charles represent, right? (laughs) I love that. Um, And this also, I was gonna even think, kind of, I didn't really hit home until you said it that there's nothing like this in Montreal. Um, I feel like it's kind of this true. Is kind of reminds me of something in the states. Like usually California, I went to a bunch out there and kind of got that vibe. Like there's a few there that had that kind of. It, it feels homely, but it's huge. Yeah. At the same time, I'm like warm, but I'm like a nice cool. I don't know why. It's like a nice balance of everything. We wanted to speak towards like a, a third place. Like you have work, you have your house, and then you have communal spaces where, where people try and interact and. It's a community center, and it, it could be... Hence, Hipster like, Cafe. Exactly, yeah. like money-based <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Like, you can come drink your pint all day, and we don't care. Just so enjoy people the come view. cruise and just, like, work on the laptops and stuff? We haven't got that yet, because right. we don't have free Wi-Fi yet. We're still in an industrial neighborhood with no services. Yeah, so Bell's yeah. trying to basically fuck us. Yeah. Yeah, so... God damn it, Bell. Fuck Bell. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, co- I'm comfortable with that. Fuck yeah. Bell. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that's amazing. So... The fact, let's, let's talk about how, where this hype came from. And I, I wouldn't, like, I don't like to use that word. Hype, you Hype. For anything. Because hype usually kind of means, like, it's not much value, but everyone's on it for whatever reason. But you guys had about 1,200 people say they were going or attending your Facebook. Uh, sorry, the opening day event on Facebook. I had four individuals, including Noah. And you know Hillary Penny? She's going to sell some juice. Yeah, so yeah. she told me about it. She was like, go check, go check it out. Let me know what it's like. I was going to come on the day. And Noah was like, oh, man, it's like 40 minutes away. I'm like, I didn't buy that. I was like, yeah, I'll hit him up. I want to talk to him anyway. Um, <laughs> so I knew it was going to come here. But, uh, and two other people specifically told me about you. So I was like, okay, so four people I highly respect in beer told me about you. Then I checked the Facebook thing just to see what the address was. And then there's over a thousand people coming to a brewery open. I was like, all right. And then he, he's like, yo, no, there's a lot. I'm like, okay. Can, can, is this just like, for you guys, are you like, what's happening? Or do you, like, how? how? Look, I mean, it was, it was expected, but not at that level. Not at that level. I mean, like, look, we, we didn't do any publicity that we actually spend dollars on. Okay. 
fully transparency, I put fifty dollars into Facebook. You put fifty dollars. Uh, yeah, I put, I put like a fifty dollar Facebook ad. I don't even. Yeah, we did. We did that. It lasted for eight days because I wanted to spread my fifty dollars over as many days as possible. Uh, went that exceptional result because I did this for a living, and uh, <laughs> I that's forgot about what happened. No, exactly. So that's why I'm saying that on the side. Uh, the, the only thing that I can personally speak for is that uh, over those years, as Noah was saying, where like I, I personally invited uh, people to my dwelling to taste my beer for either a cover charge or like a per pint, or basically just the, here's the homebrew jar. Uh, if you feel like this beer is good, put a dollar in so I can brew some more next month. That aspect, went, that went on for four years. And eventually, for, for a two-year period, I was doing it every month. And every month, I had 50 to 100 people. Uh, most of them I've never seen the previous month come through my five-bedroom apartment Jeez. on a Saturday. Two-bedroom apartment. Two-bedroom two apartment. Yeah. Oh, had, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah that's that was it. like you're, 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 you're on a match. Like, damn, you got a five bed? All right, all right, bro. Five and a half. Exactly. Five and Everyone half. was so excited. Uh, like, damn, Mike, sky. it was a big apartment, though. It was <laughs> cool. Hot tub and the spa room. Right, right, yeah. So I think, like, you put up the big sign, too, like, in late January, maybe? Late January, without anything else. And then it was, you can see it driving over the Wellington Bridge, like, all these people stuck in traffic on the Victoria. They just see it and they're forced to look at it. And the beauty of it is like the amount of people that kept trying to come in and like, sorry, we're not open, sorry, we're not open. Yeah, 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 the big sign outside. That went up immediately when construction started. So then it was like brand awareness for how long did it take for construction? Uh, it was supposed to take three months, it took six. Major construction started in November, I think. Major, the, the ground was starting to be ripped, the plumbing and ground was ripped up in October. Uh, major other renovations started in November, as Brayden said. And then, you know, equipment landed late Jan, and then every, yeah, just Let's just say starting it, it a brew. finished the day before we brewed, and then we still fixed it. Right. Like, legitimately, what you're tasting are this system's like first babies. Right. So Which is impressive. Was, yeah. It's good. Because usually it takes time to dial that in, and, like, yeah. you know, adjust, and you got to get it all figured out. It's the whole thing. And we still have notes, and I, I still want to improve everything all yeah, the time. I mean, like, someone that knows what goes into the beer and what comes out of the beer and where everything's at, it just, it always needs that perfection side, but I'm extremely pleased with the way the system performed, too, because you, you never know how it's going to react to a recipe. Yeah. You can brew pilots after pilots after pilots, and we have a one-barrel uh, pilot system as well. But from jumping up from one barrel to 16, 17 barrels is uh, significant, and it can change quite a bit. And China also sells magic brewing glitter that if you just kind of <laughs> you sprinkle it over your system, you can actually... A brewing glitter. Yeah, yeah. Just... I think you meant actually putting glitter in a beer. That's no, a oh my God, it's a new thing. Um, talk about DSG it. DSG actually uh, sells that now as okay. a supply. Yes, yeah? we can buy that for Shamed. you if you want. You don't like it? I think it's cool as hell. I, really? oh, I, you know, I like milkshake IPAs. I like all dumb shit. I think it was funny <laughs> until it. BSG started selling it to everybody. Yeah. No, it's okay. I'm not against it. I don't know. It's okay. I know it's not cool it, to like it. I, I guess for okay. me, it's, it's the equivalent of putting, like, blue food coloring in your beer. I'm down like, with why that. would you do I don't know about that. You know what I mean? Though? Like, if you want to like make your beer, Patrick's beer blood blue, yeah, do you like to do that? that don't do that. No. Like, why are you putting some weird... I don't know. I don't know. I know it's... I think a keg is a joke. And a batch is too far. Well, I mean, I can say it's the same as bedazzling your phone, right? That's it's bedazzling a beer. I don't like hating on anything, to be perfectly honest, but it just it, it does yeah. seem like I watched this I don't YouTube video where a dude got um, 
I hate on non-haters. I said I hate on non-haters for this particular subject. You should be hating. I don't know you. I love it. I was going to try it one time. Apparently this dude got food grade glitter and you popped it in. Then he got food dye that has a shimmer to it and that looked even better. And he just added it to the beer afterwards as opposed to doing it and it kind of like messed with the combination. But I think if you pop it in the keg and then post pop, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Just so dumb, but like Montreal isn't the type of place where that ahead. would work. I feel like it'd if take it off. catches on, it'll be here. The yeah, amount of it'll catch on here. The amount of St. Patty's Day kegs that yeah. have tried to get perfectly yeah, green, true. you know, it's, it's yeah. We, we had an intern one time Next year, best time ever. We we tapped like three kegs with uh, blue food dye because blue and yellow makes right. green. We poured through a funnel on the top of a coupler, and she forgot to take the pressure off the keg. And she's an intern. She's not going to get paid. Blue face. Oh, really? And Roll going? shirt, absolutely everything. <laughs> Amazing. It was three days. She was crying. It was, it was my best time and ever. And the Smurf was born. Poor girl. Never lived it down? No, she, she worked well. Thanks, uh, Julianne. Uh, <laughs> hope you're enjoying you your mind time. if I ask a question? Speaking of trends and things like glitter, but maybe not to that degree. Like, you're, you're starting off the brewery with... Some like the, maybe maybe the besides the Apernot, which is it like kind of an off-center kind of uh, brew that has tea in it. Uh, the rest of what you have going are pretty um, accessible, drinkable, balanced type beers. Um, you know, in the last decade, we've seen like you know the the big beer thing with imperial stouts and barley wines and all that, and that's still popular. Um, but now we're seeing like the whole New England thing, haze beers, uh, like lactose and fucking everything, vanilla, uh, pastry stouts, all that stuff. Do you pastry stout? I haven't actually heard this term. Before. It's like it's like big giant stouts with a lot of lactose and right. like right. like no, uh, yeah. ever heard of Omnipolo? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, like yeah, yeah. they do like buttercup nut. Caramel bar, like cream, and their stuff is supposed. To, I haven't had much, stuff. but their stuff is supposed to be amazing. And it's good. I, you know, to it, sometimes I like hating on that stuff, and he knows that I hate. Yeah, on milkshake every time everything I drink, you show me because I don't. I don't like lactose in my IPAs, generally speaking. Uh, I just good. prefer that it wasn't in there. I, I, I yeah, love. I, I love any IPAs. The hoppy IPA without the lactose. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I'm curious. Uh, are you guys gonna go in a more in, in any form of that direction? Do you have limits? Like what? What, what's the plan? Are you always going to stay like accessible and drinkable, or are you going to be like, no, we're going to do some crazy shit too? Well, I think we've differentiated our brewing process as well. Where we have the main production facility, and that, that's what is going to be our main beers. But we also have the pilot. So I mean, like, if we want to have fun, we can yeah. do whatever we want, and we're not taking a chance. We're going to produce two, three kegs of it, and because we're a tap room, I mean, like, it'll it'll sell out on a Friday, Saturday. Oh, and I mean, like, that stuff's popular as fuck, right? Like, and I love New England, but like. Why not change it a bit and take that chance? Like at the end of the day, it costs us a hundred dollars in ingredients. Yeah. So just have fun. Right. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's just... Glitter is pretty cheap, I think. So you should be able to get it. Yeah, I'm talking to my rep. BS using some stuff. We're good. All right. No, I'd, I'd say I for sure I, I agree with Braden that it's like the world's our oyster when it comes to that pilot system. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I guess Noah alluded. Uh, like Braden and I have been working together on these recipes for long. You know, the actual brew house. Uh, I definitely have kind of that crazy side that I want to let out a little bit, which is why we have the pilot system. And that's why we have the line in the brewery. That's so. why we have the line in the brewery. Take care of it. Uh, 
But I, what I would say is that whatever anyone wants, uh, suggests, recommends trends that exist, trends that don't exist, we will do them. Uh, part of our philosophy is to do things well. Uh, and when we decide to go for a specific style or a specific beer type, uh, we're going to nail it. I don't want to flood the market with, like the worst, 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 worst thing you can do as a brewery is label something one thing and it tastes like something yeah. else. There is nothing more disappointing. Is the only reason that craft beer sales will decrease, the only reason is that someone buying something, taking a chance, spending the extra $2 we spoke about earlier, and being disappointed. Yeah. That's how you lose the customer. And You're chasing I, the dragon like, at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. I find a lot, of, a lot of that now. You, you kind of find like a absurd. few breweries in at least the Quebec and Ontario scene that are slightly tied together, start falling towards the trend, and then you see everyone just whiplashing in, or uh, whiplashes in the word. Uh, it's like with Tail Whip in, in Parliament. Like, yeah, 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 or the party whip, sorry. Where essentially everyone just starts to follow and those tail end guys, their beer doesn't get sold. And you have these oxidized New England IPAs. Oh. Everyone's pouring out these hazy brown yeah. beers because. And I mean, that's okay, but that, yeah. that's not something I would throw in distribution or yeah. uh, no, make not, sure. The system isn't set up for that, really. No. Like, and you got to come. And that, that's actually a, an interesting challenge, though. From my understanding, you guys must have the right license to be able to sell on spot. Yeah, on spot. I don't, but honestly, the only place I've seen in Quebec is my brasserie, but I've never yeah. been there, I've been told about it. I haven't seen one single place where I can go in and pick something up to go, and that's the only place. Uh, the and also, uh, I have to show the Noir Blanche, it's in Stash. Okay, Those so guys, they're, 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 their game's really they hard. They do it too? Yeah, because so yeah, off island loot rule, like laws too, and then there's on island. Like, oh, okay, so different. You guys managed yeah. to do it on island. Right. Yeah. But but, I like, that's my, like, I don't have a car, so. I'm only relegated to what I can get to from an Uber or STM here. And in Toronto, where we go every month, everywhere I go, I don't go to the LCBO anymore. I couldn't take the last of my stuff because I to just brew. go to the brew. Because yeah. I know I want that money in your pocket. That's more important to me, and I want it fresh. I, want, I don't want that LCBO aging system we joke about, oh, like, where they keep a New England IPA on the warm warehouse shelf for five weeks. Yeah. And I, I don't know what the system here. And even the LCBO is closed. And you can go to Bellwoods and you can still get cold Until beer. 11 p.m. and then on Sunday they close at 6. Exactly. Yeah. And I only go to Bellwoods is where I should own shares in that fucking beer. Um, <laughs> that's a problem. But like, <laughs> what what are you guys going to I'm really glad you brought that up. So when you guys do begin to package, um, will you be looking at some sort of distribution strategy or are you going to keep that in-house? It's already, it's already in set up. Um, are you concerned? I mean, you're not exactly making the styles that you have to worry about at this point. Maybe, maybe this next one. A little bit, but in comparison, well, I mean, your standard range will be okay on a warm shelf, or do you require them to be refrigerated or anything like that? Look, I mean, refrigeration is preferential for any brewery, uh, but look, the reason, and I, I guess that kind of answers a couple of things because right. you know, Noah alluded to like, yes, this is what we're doing now, what's next, right? There is the tap room on, on draft. There's our bottle shop, and then there's distribution. In that order, for a business strategic, for, for a learning, for the consumer, all the right reasons. It's tested on tap to make sure the beer is good, to gauge public reaction. It's then bottled here for sale here, so that we can gauge shelf life, so that we can gauge 
like expiry, how different beers react and whatnot. And then distribution's there for, well, at the beginning, it's going to be a little bit of luck as well, but it's there for tried and true product. Yep. And to get say, those flagships, yeah. Our, our list will be curated because because we want to sell as much as possible in the tap room. Our list of bottle shops is curated to people that we know are, are quite, and I mean by curated, I mean not. 12, we're looking at 50 plus places, but like places that are able to rotate their stock properly, they'll take care of the beer, they'll call us and say, hey, you know what, it's old, and we'll go get it. Because like, there's nothing worse. Like I've, I've worked for other breweries, and in the past, I've, I found products that I know that the labels changed a year previously, but it's still on the shelf in some small town. Like, get rid of it please because like there's, there's nothing worse than someone drinking your product and just getting turned off because it's not supposed to be there yeah yeah that's the worst part and if you go too fast that's almost impossible to control yeah so we're taking baby steps too. yeah beer, beer's stable but I mean every style is slightly different like yeah, you said right. the, the ISA like that's something I worry about putting putting out there because I know after two three months it, it's not the beer that it was supposed to be but how does it change which you'll find out. And what is the personality that we come back to, right? Like, yeah. every beer's different. Yeah, you want, want to try to avoid the trolls as much as possible. <laughs> the, the trolls are strong. Don't go on the internet. The trolls are strong with this one. They're very strong. Do we get to say something? I was going to say, um, Boreal, apparently, when they when they deliver their New England IPA, the uh, Nordest, um, so one of the definitions was telling me that they, they, have, they have their strict expiry date written on the can, and if they don't sell the product before the end of that date, Boreal comes and picks it up, and the dev still has to pay for it. Wow. wow. That's cold. Wow. Wow. Just impressive. That's I mean, cool, because it's, it's such a volatile product, yeah, and it's, it's like not well, refrigerated, and it'll something. oxidize quick, and they, and they recognize that. that. That one will move, though. That was the one where It does, like, but it, it's also... Star- I don't know if that's still the case now, I guess the but like it's... The, the hype's still there, I think, but it's becoming a regular item. Like, I went to the Outwater Market the other day, and they had, like, 70, 80 cans. But a reliable regular item, right? Yes. Which is super important. Yeah, I, I stand behind style, that beer. I really have that to say that. That style in this product. Yeah. Don't pour it into a glass. It's an amazing. I don't know if you had it. <laughs> yeah, I have. And I could even take a moment to kind of congratulate Boreal for kind of having yeah. that resurgence of, in their beer. Which, well, uh, they, they basically... Yeah, purchased a tiny brewery for the brewer Gabriel as kind of a gift and just said go to town and then so they started this thing called the episode program where they where they would allow him to brew a beer and put it out every couple of months and they call it episode one episode two whatever um, but then when he did the Nordest uh, everyone was like can this beer can this beer so they did and then it blew up uh, social media destroyed it and then like they had a can release at Boreal and like two years ago, if we were talking about this, we'd be laughing. Right? We would bore you. Literally, be yeah, there was I mean, they're, they're like the classic and in play bill. Yeah, I would be. But like, I mean, come on. But he, he's he's a young brewer. He's uh, he's amazing, and he's nice. a good brewer. Like I talked to a lot of the, the, the head brewers in, in Quebec, and all of them are like, Gabriel's a really good brewer. And this was even before the whole any IPA thing blew up. Yeah, Quebec was so, really yeah. slow on now. Which is sort of like, because I'm in Ontario so often, I was like not really buying much Quebec beer because it kind of like, I, I don't know, I just like it. It's my preferred style. Not necessarily milkshake, but just like, I like the hazy type of stuff. We go to Vermont often. And I've really enjoyed seeing the last six months, maybe 12. And Quebec is just going boom. I'm drinking, I find myself drinking way more Quebec beer than I ever was. And I, just, I don't know why, something's changed here. And well, I think I, in general it's blown up. Yeah. Like even the term any IPA didn't exist like a year and a half ago. I like think it was always like the Vermont, and they made it their own too. Or, but then it's like now it's like this this 
names. Yeah, I think it's like a slow reset because I was, I don't know, you kind of put me onto it about 18 months ago maybe, but I think we missed the boat because New England's been around for hundreds of years and I think that that was just an IPA made in Massachusetts. You know? And I think that's kind of what it they became did. more of a technique after a while than yeah, actually now, now it's an official style. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if anyone's a Reddit fanatic, but just seeing people trying to dry hop their any IPAs is probably my new favorite internet videos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just like exploding for manners. Like <laughs> they asked, should we should we put a camera in the brewery? And I said, please do. Yeah, because like <laughs> if something goes wrong, this is gonna be great. Yeah, you get a, <laughs> yeah. go viral, bam, bam. Oh, that's that's super. Guys getting sprayed with five barrels of beer. That pants off Friday stopped happening. <laughs> Pants Off Friday it never happened, it wasn't a thing, and uh, you guys are all invited in. <laughs> I think to answer your question about like why Quebec <laughs> might be behind on that, I feel like we've kind of always been a bit behind on the hops thing. Yep. Like, even when IPAs first dropped, when I first started getting into craft beer about seven years ago, like it was nowhere where the States was. Um, and I think part of it has to do with like, like we've been very Belgian-centric, yeah. you know what I mean, with Unibrew yeah, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Um, and now we're very mixed fermentation-centric almost, which is awesome. Like yeah. Dunham doing all their wild stuff, and then everyone jumping on the wild beer bandwagon. I know that's taking off everywhere too, but it's certainly more prominent in Quebec than like Ontario and like BC, which are yeah. the other two big Bread provinces. Yeah. Right? yeah, like we're, we're killing it with the bread stuff and the barley stuff. Oh yeah, like, how will the Ontario guys like, come here for that stuff? And then you sort of go there for oh, NBC as well for the haze. Yeah. Like That's haze new, man. Stealing. We've been going for the LCBO yeah. for years. There's no way Ontarians were stepping over the border necessarily for, except for the big name breweries, right? But not it's to come here. That's literally yeah. small guys. I mean, like we've, we've all done border runs. Like we've, we've all gone to Ontario to just stock up the car yeah. and max yeah, yeah, credit card. Sure. Yeah. Uh, at the end of the day, like yeah, they look towards us and we look towards them. But I think that like Canadian beer scene is. It's up, getting so much smaller as it gets larger. Like the, the connections that are made, the brewers, yeah. you know. I come from Alberta originally, and when I left the province, there was a minimum production limit. Like the joke was that all the Alberta breweries were in Saskatchewan because there was no importation fee right. and there was no taxes there, so they just brew it. They put in a new tax system and everything, and there were like 64 breweries. I think it's 50 breweries in the last uh, two years alone. But Jeez. they've started to try and make everything different by malting their own grain. The malt tree is popping up, so it's just the ingredients that are exciting me right now. It's a really good time, Canadian beer. It's a great Fantastic. time, and everyone's super friendly. Oh, it's amazing. You can call up any person you meet on the internet Always and they'll talk to you. you know? Support local. Always. Um, what's this uh, final of the um, four beers? This is the uh, India Session Ale that we call uh, Cote Canal. It's ringing in at 4.2%. Uh, Mosaic Amarillo Cascade. Um, very uh, hop aroma forward, not too much bitterness, but still balanced. I, I didn't want to drop off, but this beer was essentially designed to be a patio beer. Okay. I mean, it's the worst temperature right now to drink it's, it, but it's still uh, always good, but it needs to be about 32 degrees on a patio, and you need to drink it before it gets warm. It's got like just a nice little balance of that bitterness and uh, the fruitiness, I guess you said mosaic. Mosaic, uh, Amarillo, and Cascade. Yeah, perfect. Moving it over in there, too. First word hop, yeah. nice and simple, nice clean grain bill. Yeah. Not too much, not too muddling. There's there's three grains in this whole thing. Well, we were talking about it a bit before, um, but I'm not a big session IPA person. I don't mind uh, low alcohol beers, especially like Saison's, um, a lot of the Belgian stuff in general. Even like bitters and whatnot, but I find session IPAs are like it became this big trend that I started to kind of like hate on because they often come off like watery or too bitter. 
yeah. and not enough like malt balance and whatnot. But this uh, this is great. Um, Once you swallow, right? Yeah. That you regret it. <laughs> you don't regret it, but it, it was so good going into your mouth. You swallow and you yes, forget exactly. what you drank. And yeah. I mean, every sip's a new surprise. But right, like, it's it's had, well. like all your beers have a good body to it, which is impressive. Yeah, something we really want to work on. Right? Just balance. Yeah. That that hot malt uh, body balance is crucial. It's really hard to nail down. Yeah, it goes back to even what you were saying about <clears throat> are we going to be following all the trends? You know, yeah. like it, one of the the big say big difference like I don't want to compare us as being that difference but it's really about not following a trend because it's a trend and not having to do an extreme all the time it's about that balanced product and you can have you, you can showcase a hop a malt uh, a style of color uh, an idea you can showcase it without let, leaving everything else behind and I think that that's that goes back to balance and I think that these trends and I'm going to use the milkshake I, milkshake IPA because um, I don't they should take it off the market uh, because I also agree that lactose and hops don't belong together uh, but you know a lot of people would argue with me it's, it's, it's huge and some breweries you know some of our friends good breweries they make good products that is, are in that style but do, do I believe that that's a style that will last the trend no it's and uh, it'll be around, are, but it'll always be like a. It'll probably keep up. I don't know. It's not going to be a mainstay for the next five years. No, I think New England's will be. I think New England's will. New England's for uh, sure. New that's England's a style be, yeah. that needs to be there. And I think Quebec's really struggling to develop its its, its own Quebec IPA. And I mean, like yeah, anyone that brands it that way, it's kind of problematic. But with the hop producers right now and the people we met with, like the the quality of the hops coming out and, and what they're starting to plant in the next two years, like. It makes me excited for five years in the future because yeah, I mean it's a three-year hot plant, but like there's Sriracha Ace going in in Quebec. There's all kinds of new varietals that we've never been able to get a hold of. It's something Cascade, Chinook, Willamette, uh, Magnum that, that's always been available. Yeah. There's even like land races that taste exactly like pears. Amazing. There's some pretty nice hops coming out. I think Quebec excites me more. The Maltries, everything too. The so. Maltries is cool to think of, like local malters. Yeah. Because uh, again, like the hops and taken everyone's attention and there's going to be another of the four ingredients well, they're less than one percent of back. the weight of the beer exactly yeah, I mean, like, so like well at twin Muscatel has been doing uh 100 quebec malts for years uh, i know that was a big challenge yeah, they've had some issues with quality you get that like uh well the ex-head brewer alex I talk too often, often described it as a grapeiness that you get from the Quebec malts that oh, you yeah, always yeah. have to kind of work with. It's almost a special bee flavor. Yeah. See, and like, I never really got it until he added me there, because they, they had their like, they have different lines, obviously, and they had good branding too, or they have good branding. Um, but they're like, they're like 12 pack brands where they're just like blown to this or whatever the blonde I remember drinking it he's like I made some tweaks let me know what you think and, I, and then I really got that grapeiness that he was talking about yeah. uh, so but at the same time they're brewing world class amazing beer using 100% locally grown yeah. um, grain and the quality amazing. of the, the specialty malts in this province are, are hands down incredible base malt is something so simple and I mean you see it with a good pilsner like we were talking with before it, it, it's all about ingredients at that yeah. point Style, technique, for sure they're important, but ingredients is 90% of it. It's, yeah. I love it. You put some old sauce in there and it's just not right. So, 
kind of get into those uh, those loggers. We'll experiment eventually with some pills. Get us. Uh, I think that'll fit right in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it's gonna sit so long in that tank. Why not? Yeah, right. Well, right. Like gonna... you can see, we can only build verticals. So uh, well, horizontal yeah. logger tanks uh, <laughs> sounds like a good idea to me. Why not? I'd say we're gonna start probably where it all started and just do that authentic, like check mill style, right off the bat. Nice. With a twist. <laughs> Something. <laughs> well, that was always your thing, and that's what I always found really fun about what you were doing at home. It was like it was everything with a twist to a certain degree. You got to, because I mean, that's again, kind of, I'm just going to go full circle what we're saying tonight, where it's about focusing on a style, doing it, but then giving it something that makes you guys, makes us stand out. And uh, it's hard to do, it's hard to do well for sure, but uh, baby steps for us, that's why we went with the tap room. This is ground zero, right? Yeah. This is like, everyone in here is a guinea pig, they, whether they know it or not. So. It's a great way to stop. Yeah. I love it. Lightning round time. Let's see. Oh boy. How, it's okay. You can answer. <laughs> it rarely goes fast. Uh, perfect. Guilty pleasure beer. Something you'd be uh, embarrassed to admit to a beer nerd. You enjoy. Not embarrassed. Vitamin P, Molson Pilsner. I oh. grew up on this stuff. I counted the rabbits on my uncle's and my dad's cans. And uh, yeah, no, I was really happy when it came to Quebec. It's six bucks for a six pack, and uh, there's nothing wrong with it. Respect. There's a lot wrong with it, but <laughs> it's, a lot. it's six bucks for a six pack. <laughs> Man, this one only happened in the last couple of years. I guess when all the trends and like the flavors got too intense for me. But Bavaria, like I just just grabbed that six pack of 500 mls and yeah, just down that shit. Good to go. Yeah. 1129. <laughs> I think last time you asked me this question, it took me like 25 minutes to get through it. It's alright. <laughs> because like, when I got into craft beer was when my son was born about, well, just over six years ago. So since then, I don't go to bars and stuff, I don't go and buy six packs anymore. So I don't yeah, really no, drink right. macro beers, period. And it's not because I think I'm too good for it, it's just like I don't need to. Um, but maybe like so, traditionally, like if it's like I always kind of like Corona. Like. But what I'll say is, if I like if I had to buy, if I went to the grocery store and they don't have any like Quebec. Yeah, yeah you're in a metro well, in the middle of nowhere. I would buy like Blanc Chambé or Blanc de Chambé. That That's would be best. my thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like an like, classic. Yeah, yeah like those beers are solid. Blanc Chambé's like everything that you need. I'm, most of what you need brew is pretty normal. Okay. A uh, beer you would decline under any circumstances. Ooh. So something you would never yeah, ever drink doesn't matter. Feelings. It has to be craft? No, oh, none of this has to be craft. Oh, okay. oh this is just Thank period. You. No, like generally the idea is like I wouldn't drink PBR if you pay me. Type of thing. I'll pay you. <laughs> you I'll pay you. I'll pay you right now. Five hundred dollars. This is hard, but uh, Boris, Boris. Oh yeah, that's a trash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they went out of business in Quebec, and they still sell beer here somehow. Yeah. I had it when I first got here because it was just one of the things that was available everywhere, and I didn't know. So I was like, all right. Oh, it's from France. Fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Station beer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No shitty lager. Yep. 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 Dream book. For me, it's uh, Molson X. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't do X. Funny enough, I, I can do I can do dry and still smile for like that split second <laughs> the camera needs me to. Yeah. But X, I have like a gag reflex now. Like I just can't do it. Significantly different beers considering how most of the yeah. beers. I mean, my Pilsner is I've my... X'd that from my repertoire. Oh, he tried, he tried, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that was the only button you've done the whole time. This has been like an hour and a bit. Yeah, but when you get me on like the passion rant, I just can't squeeze it can't in there. You guys should be here all the time. I think I might just 
One move in. What do you got? I got. Did, did anyone get? Uh, no, Noah. Yeah, not me. Are you yeah, what did you think? Not anything on the higher alcohol of the macro beer world. So like Molson, you know, uh, Blue Dry or like those ten point Labatt. Like, like anything multi yeah. and like macro is pretty sweet and disgusting. I would yeah. not drink. I'm with that. Uh, favorite beer style. Like, whether it's your go-to or just like in overall. You haven't been giving us yours, which you usually do. Like everyone, Everyone's I, don't know. I would never drink TPR. My favorite style is just to piss you off a milkshake IPA. <laughs> <laughs> uh, an assortment just of tropical loads fruits. Loads of lactose, as Melrose uh, just, just said. Do you like your beer. fruits from the hops or floating in your beer? Both. Uh, okay. <laughs> I like oh, aesthetic, uh, what's it called, aseptic? Yeah, yeah. Like the, the frozen shit, so the you, puree in. You have all the fruits on the little, on nice a little piece stick of wood. that goes yeah, over yeah, the top. Okay, we nice. can make you a daiquiri. I'm cool with a daiquiri. Sugar rim. We'll just run a Randall through right away, you know. Just <laughs> I'm like cool with that. Milk from the cow's teeth, we're good to go. Yeah. Um, you know, a good check, Bill, sir. I, I gotta say, like, if I need to go to anything and I want that, you know, you've done work, you want a pint yep. in front of you. I don't want to take the time to figure out which IPA I'm going to like. And I just know that a solid Chango listener, it's, it's going to go half down before I know what I'm drinking. The other half I'm going to enjoy. Respect. My answer is usually mood-based. Okay. I don't like to bandwagon this, but I have to say that Czech Pills is probably my favorite. Looks like we're brewing a Pills next week. Wow. Yeah. It's a brewing <laughs> choice. It's, it's uh, consensus, it's especially today. You know, every, everything we spoke about today in the market, yeah. like there's just there's too, much, too flavor. much flavor. There's too much <laughs> flavor. It's like a stoic cycle, though. Right? You it's reset, reset your taste buds, yeah. too, right? It's really important. Well, the Czech Pilsner is the, the IPA of, I mean, of yeah. European yeah. beers. Yeah, 100%. It's hot forward. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, not pulling anything. It back. existed way before, no? Oh, for sure. I'm, I'm just saying, like, it, it's very aromatic and bitter in its approach, where it is uh, German Pils is. Super more approachable clean. for the uh, for the consumer. Like German pills, you, you, you can shotgun it. It's great. A Czech pills halfway through that, it, it's gonna hurt a bit. It's, it's got some hops in it. Well, I'll go in the opposite direction. Say Imperial Stouts in general. Go okay. too. I mean, only because make sure that's it's one of those big one. beers that always stuck with me. Like I'm, I'm kind of there's this new trend on barley wines. I think barley wines are actually going to make a crazy comeback in the next two years. In the States, it's starting to happen, so I think it's going to hit here eventually, but anyway. Um, so, like, big beers, imperial stouts, lighter beers, breaded saisons, lightly tart, breaded saisons. That's, that's a good choice for a night. I mean, like, especially if you don't drink a lot of beer and you come home at night, like, a nice bottle of imperial Russian stout, that'll put you to sleep well. It's like a warm hug. I think, like, uh, one of the guys who works at uh, JITCL did something like 21, or 30 days. It was Anthony. Uh, yeah, there was a few of them. They did the yeah, they Peche Mortel like, challenge. Yeah. So yeah, it was, was like 30 days of Peche, like Peche Mortel every day, which sounds Holy like, Lord. ooh, that could go awry, oh, yeah, yeah. but I, I think I could do that. Peche Is Mortel. one a day? Yeah. Is that it's, your favorite? It's, it's, it, it wasn't one bottle. It was yeah. just the only beer you could drink. Oh. So some of yeah, them had more than one, and some had one, but the minimum was one. Oh, I didn't realize that was the only beer they could Yeah, 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 I know I some mean, of the younger brewers the there, and uh, that's a different They story. were like, I can only drink this, I've had three, and they're like, <laughs> on the floor, and it's Thursday. Oh, that's a good way to get tired of Pesha, though. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's too much of a good thing, it's not yeah. a good thing. 
Um, least favorite beer stuff. Opposite, least favorite. I'd say barley wines. Oh, nice. I know. You gotta get on the barley wine. Please. I know. Four lines life. I need. I feel like I'm stuck on crossfire right now. Oh, wow. <laughs> a lot of pressure, guys. Ooh. Least favorite beer. Okay. Wow, barley line too. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean I dislike it. I'm sure it's the same no. as you. It just means it's my least favorite. I'm not a large alcohol guy. I'm not yeah. huge on them. I can appreciate them. I enjoy the craftsmanship that goes into them, but it's not my salad choice. You need like half a taster of it. I want a pint. And yeah, that's one like, beer unit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait till you try his uh, five-year-old bonbon. Yeah. Oh my God, we still gotta crack that. We can crack that now. We yeah. Go. Go. Like. So I'm just gonna add in though, like that it's along the same lines. It's just not as intense. Strong ales. Strong ales. Whatever category that is. It's like Belgian strong. Suck. I'm gonna go get the bottle. Yeah. Belgian strong ales. They're like. Um, I still haven't tried this yet. Oh, I guess it could be Belgian. Every single one that Mike drew in here. Talking about bonbon, bon. like I have not. It's tried probably it. oxidized on the max there, but we'll see. Yeah. Holy lord! Like old ales, that's what I was referring to. Like okay, like old ales. Old ales yeah. yeah, I mean, oh, it's still a good carbon. Kind of in the. Uh... All right. Uh, we're gonna do Dirt's glasses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Give me your glass. Excuse so me, uh, Mike brewed this beer. Uh, how long ago? Not yeah. pretty well. Oh, it's not even overcrowded. It looks beautiful. It does. How old is this? Two? Four. Four, Four years old. Not five. Maybe five. Yeah. Pretty serious. This is one of my... Uh, Let's see how these cleaning techniques went. <laughs> one of my one of my favorite recipes ever. Actually, uh, I'd say that that beer was the uh, the one I entered into the most homebrewing competitions one that won the this most one? goals, yeah. So this is the standard barley wine, is there anything? No, it's not barley wine, it's a Belgian strong and a quadruple. Oh, oh, it's a quad, I'm sorry. Okay, sick. Dude, it's smelling good. Yeah. You get that oxidized wow. cherry thing, no, I'm but it doesn't smell like cardboard at all. I think I'm it's gonna be surprised. good. Well, cheers, Flex. Cheers, Oh, drinking. Glad I kept it in my ears. That's legend. Well, I guess this is symbolic of the last year homebrew. And, uh, that held up nice. Yeah. Good storage, Noah. Good storage. Can't believe how old. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Cheers again. Oh. I like that. See, it's a full circle situation right Oh, you've here. been holding on to that for him. Oh, okay. Well, he, well, I bought it off him or he gave it to me or whatever, but it, I didn't tell I you a, anything because he didn't have a beer license, Noah. I mean, so, like, oh, this must have gone up there. And I have a pretty big cellar, and sometimes like, things wow, get lost. Yeah, yeah, no, this yeah, was 10% when I gave it to him. So it's probably 12, 13. I don't know, it's not overcarved at all either, oh, which is what surprises me. Usually these beers just form on the top. Yeah, right? Um, so it still laces the glass. Least favorite beer style, so where are we up to? You did the old, old style, like the old, and your least favorite? Least favorite? Probably Once like... Once again, it doesn't mean you hate it, it just means it's like, uh, I'd be the least inclined uh, to do. Probably like a Rausch beers, which are like yes. smoked. Uh, Everyone says you I want to change my answer to that. <laughs> yeah, they suck. He's do, already told me that, to be frank. Drink. I do like, I like uh, hints of smoke sometimes. Yeah. I've been enjoying the, uh, like, scotch barrel-aged beers from like the Islay region or Islay or however it's pronounced. Yeah, I never had to say Scotland. that. Scotland. Like the peat. The peaty stuff I can deal with, but, but sometimes drinker, the bacon like the forward beers. Yeah. Uh, I can't drink the peat, but I enjoy it in a beer. Oh yeah, okay. 
but yeah, like you I said, like it's Scotch Ale. It's a style oh, they plays really well. The GCO did one from Peche. The Peche yeah. Day is the one I come fuck with. It. Like I like almost everything. That was the one. That was my least favorite. Oh, they did. Uh, it was yeah, like yeah. a Nile Ice one. Everything else was so sick. But so what, what you're saying is like, Bamberg shouldn't exist. What you're saying is they just can't compete. <laughs> That's too fun. Boom. Man, I love it. <laughs> desert Island beer. Beer you would get a drink forever on a desert island. They won't rescue you, but they'll give you this wow. beer. Which is pretty, like, it's pretty oh, lit. Oh, oh. Asshole. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go out there. It's hot on this island, right? Yep. It's a desert island. Desert island. I'm going to go with Bo's Lug Chad from the bottom. Yeah, it's solid crusher. Nice I'm never going to get tired of it. Drink it over and over. I like that. Keep going. Mike. Man, that's hard. I know, right? Every day, easy. though. Every day, Mike. Every, every day, man. Every day. I'm going to swig my Peche Mortel on the hot desert Ooh. island. Yeah. Fair enough. Man, I'm having trouble. Can you, can you guys, can, can you skip me? Then you can come back. Be a trend predictions. What's next? What's hot? What's popping? Me? Your yeah, trend predictions? Yeah. What's next? I think the any IPA New England thing is going to continue for a while, and then it's going to become more adjuncts with fruit and all that shit, and then that'll probably die. But I, I don't know. It's up and coming. Like, I think it depends on the region. Like, in Quebec, Quebec hasn't really attacked, like, American-style sours yet, like what the Wild Shack are doing, like the Max and yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, they're, like, that style has existed in the States for a while, and it hasn't really hit Quebec. Um, Dunham's doing a few, but I think that's going to probably pick up a bit more. Um, I mean, Brett, like, Wild Yeast has been going strong for a while. We're going to see more cool ships happening. Uh, so spontaneous fermentation is going to become a trendy thing here, I'm sure. Pit Caribou's done it. I know Le Castel bought one. And they got the law change, or uh, Pit Caribou got the law change. So yeah. we're going to yeah. see yeah. more yeah. spontaneous yeah. fermentation. Yeah. And it was good, too. But that stuff, I, that's my opinion. All the I think it's going to be researchers of lagers. I mean, yes, just that too. mostly talking to diverse. Like, what do we want to drink when we hit we hit beer festivals together? I mean, we're a big group of drunken assholes. And <laughs> that way, we always go for the fun stuff, the new stuff. At the end of the day, like you have one or you have two, and everything after that, you're just drinking whatever. Whatever's nice, clean, crisp. Yeah, I think it's really gonna be loggers, but a new approach to loggers. It, it hasn't really been looked at yet. Yeah, something else. a dry hop logger for sure. Like, yeah. I mean, I think most loggers need a dry hop, especially if you're trying to show off that the, the hop characteristic. But maybe we get some of the NEIPA techniques going on, and we just get continuously dry hop loggers, just like just crossbreeding styles together. And I mean, we might we might have New England logger at some point. It's India Pale Lager, but I think it's kind of like a New England. Least favorite style, I've changed it. Okay. India Pale Lager. You know what I mean? It's it's right now it's a macro style. That's the only problem. There's just no point to it, right? I, kind of like, I think it's like a, I don't really know what it is. I assume it's a dry hop lager of some sort. It's just the lager with the hops, but at the end of the day, like dry hop lager. The right? ale yeast reacts yeah. well with hops. Lager oh, yeast is yeah, good point. Not yeah, boring, have but had, uh, have you had Maltstroms? IPA? IXPL I have is not. honestly fucking amazing. It's basically... Yeah, I'll have to try them out. I haven't tried them all. It's basically an any IPA but done with lagerings. Yeah. And they managed to nail it. 
Um, and they do it with most of their beers. They use lagers. But I don't know if he's using this like a really special process or something, or he's. I'm guessing he's not even lagering it. But it basically t tastes like a New England IPA. They do it well. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah, check them out. Yeah, yeah we'll check them out. Sure. Uh, any other trend predictions? Oh, that was it? No, I would say se sessions and fruit beers. Nice. I think they're, I don't know, I've already seen the kind of the latter a little bit, but I think, I think sessions are going to hit the market hard. I think actually it's a reaction to all the strong barrel-aged crap that's been going out. Yeah. It's been uh, where it's like, oh yeah, this is nine months. Just because you have more months doesn't mean it's a better beer. So that's, I just want to say that. And fruit beers, we've already seen it. I, in the past six months, the amount of breweries coming out with something watermelon, something mango, something whatever, that's just going to keep going. Okay. Yeah. I love it. Uh, favorite up-and-coming breweries? Yeah, or stuff. Origin. Yeah. Whoa! <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my own there. Um, I'm gonna step outside of the province. It's gonna go to Alberta. I just noticed uh, I just had. I saw that recently. Someone was right <laughs> uh, Last best distilling out of uh, Calgary. They're they're really good people. I mean, they sent me this hat, and they have great beers and spirits. But choosing, um, that's really hard. There's, there's so many. I mean, become friends, become business partners. It's it's such a tight community that. You don't have to pull that if you can't, that's okay. You can, you can opt to pass. Right, all of them. <laughs> Do we have to stick local? Let me yeah. just say, anywhere in the world. Not all of them. Are we? That's more entertaining. I know uh, Vermont's like super saturated right now, but uh, I have to say, I think Foam Brewery yeah. over there, yes. Foam, I think, yeah. like, I think they're going to get on the world class map any day now. So. Yeah, out of control. And it's, it's, it's not even just the beer. Like like us, they're trying they're trying to do something. Like there's a good vibe when you're there. There's it's a feel great. and it's on the like water. It's on the water. Pattern. They're so chill. Like it's one of the best places. Yeah. Except wish it wasn't in America. Canada needs to take it back. And, <laughs> and just so we can so there's no border nonsense, and then we just have all of that there, and then everyone will be happy. Yeah, and they won't be in America. They're Bernie Sanders state. I know they'll want it. Well, like possible that no wall is really everything's affordable. It's beautiful. Uh, For me, I would uh, like to talk about Champ Libre, which is opening next Tuesday on the 1st of May. So, uh, we're talking about Les Trois Mousquetaires. So, their head brewer, Alex, left Les Trois Mousquetaires and joined up with two partners and started a farmhouse brewery in uh, kind of like South, like kind of West South Shore. Um, their IPA is on shelves now, and it's really good. He used, uh, he, he, he wasn't sure what to do because like, they do their LTM IPA, which is really solid, but he didn't want to do a clone of that. He didn't want to necessarily do like a straight New England, he didn't want to do a West Coast, so he did some kind of like, hybrid of sorts. Um, but he used uh, a yeast that was originally apparently developed for uh, beer and then was mutated to use for champagne and then he's using it for his beer so there's like like a hint of like a phenolic thing but anyway it's really good um, they're gonna be awesome they're gonna be the next brewery to watch I think. they yeah. have the same equipment as us actually yeah because they yeah I think you bought his line from uh, what's that other South Shore brewery that does the Tamayo up there uh, they bought their system from oh yeah, yeah okay what Love it. Um, favorite be a city, destination, country? Right there, right? 
Like I say, Vermont. Yeah, I can't. Either there or California, like LA and San Diego. LA was a surprise. LA was out of control. I had no idea. San Diego, everyone knows, but LA was like cheap. I'm pretty partial to Boston, I think. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, it's close to us. It's always fun to get to. It's easy to get to. It's accessible. I mean, they, they have some of the best breweries in the world, I guess. Yeah. They do. Trillium and Trios. Yeah. Yeah, even Harpoon. Like, yeah. The big boys there, they, they don't still fire, right? Oh, yeah. Great was exciting. I was gonna say Massachusetts as well. Yeah, just all of Mass. Yeah. Honestly, the only one I didn't get down to see yet, and I, I gotta go back is Treehouse. I wanna go check out Treehouse. Yeah. It's heard really good things. So. Yeah, I've had a bunch of their stuff. I like Trillium more, but like I want to try fresh from there. I think that'd be a completely other experience, and that'll be the real true thing. Because. I don't travel enough, but uh, well, I mean Belgium, right? Like I don't, I've never been, but like that's where Lambic is. So I like, follow the Lambic. Follow the Lambic. Belgium. I love that. I love it. Uh, underrated style brewery, city or country? Something in beer is underrated. I mean, just from experience, uh, Colombia. I was blown away with the the quality of the craft brew there. Uh, unfortunately, Miller came through. And Miller and Botto, Bogota Beer Company, which is the largest, but just the distribution blew my mind. Places that didn't have an electricity had Bogota Beer Company. <laughs> they even had delirium tremens in towns that had no idea what this stuff was, and it was priced the same as the local stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah so I'm drinking it warm. So you were like, hey, you know, lasted back triples. Like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> On the beach, just destroyed. Oh, yeah. Columbia was really good. There was about a good five, six microbreweries there that were just hitting it, but they were selling at American prices in a second developing world country. It hurt a little bit, but you know, yeah. after after all that light beer, it was nice to get a good yeah, bite. right? Switch it up. Yeah. Really good answer. Like Italy. All right, another great answer. Like, like, yeah, yeah. the best craft beer. Italy. Uh, I, I remember just being there, being like trying all these different, like little shitty hole in the walls. That were bottling, you know, like not just like on tap, that they were bottling, labeling, like, okay, like nice labels, like you said, consistent frames, different color bottles for the different styles. And uh, the clean the cleanliness of it, like the clean beers. Like they could do like a nice, you know, we've been talking a lot about brewing kind of with Munich. Yes. And kind of getting that nice like flavor across, but keeping it to a pills malt. And they were doing it like they had some of their, we'll call it our lejos, you see? It was like their reds and fuck, I'm Italy, man. They were clean, they were good. They did, st- I was surprised with their stouts even. I'm like, no way, the fermentation's probably too hot. There's all kinds of, nope, nice dry stout. I was like, what? And they're consistently being showcased yeah. at Montal and places like yeah. that. Unfortunately, we can't get it into the province that easily, but when it shows up, it's... Well, first yeah. beer, uh, them and the Brazilian beer. Actually, yeah. yeah, the Brazilian ones. Yeah, Brazilian's killing the game too. That's we even where Overhop is. Overhop is right there right now. Yeah. Shouts to them. Not cool. So you got anything well, underrated? Before that, I want to talk about how good this is. <laughs> it's nuts, eh? What do you, do you are you happy with how that is? <laughs> I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy about everything except that, like, so alcoholic, like this beer. Like that's my only thing. Like, like you, but I mean, it, like I, I, I don't taste any of it. No. Yeah, like, I, really, I feel I like really it's like. like yeah, I don't like this stuff. It's just me that much. Yeah, but, but I, I think what, I can't believe how much it's held up though. Like, in, what's in, the thing? Because usually you get that cardboardy or like just over like cherry thing, but so it's lost awesome. all of its Belgian characteristics. So it doesn't have that like clove cardamom thing. Candy in the nose. Exactly. Yeah, so you get the candy now. You get cherries and like. 
crazy fruit. It's a little sticky. Like it, it's sweet. It's, it's thick. But like you, amazing, I think though. when you lose the the fennels or whatever, you lose a little of that bitterness and that drops, but it's still not it's still too sweet. Yeah. Anyway, um least <laughs> such a nerd, I love it. Oh it's crazy yeah, though. Like I'm, especially because like you do it at home. Um, I thought it would have like overflowed out of the bottle for sure. Yeah. That was my one thing. Like, <laughs> I, was, I was expecting I was open when it you opened it, I'm like, the gusher's coming! The gusher's coming! Um something underrated. Anything. It could be mixed. It's kind of what they were talking about before, but uh laggers, pilsners. I think that's that's coming back too. Uh, and I think that's why you guys are going to be successful in what you do in the sense that like some people may look at your opening lineup as a bit boring, but um, I think ultimately people are going to appreciate drinkability and I think that's coming back big time. So I think that's going to be a success. Good answer. Um, best beer you ever drank in your life? Often situational. Uh, it doesn't have to be oh, yeah, what I, I got it. I got it. Go. Break it down. You go first. You'll laugh at me. So I'm a I'm a huge huge lover of pumpkin beer. Okay. God damn it! Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I love pumpkin beer. The problem is, is that first of all, especially here, okay, no like, one no, no one, one has seen. It. No, it's not like no one does it. No one does it well. Like let's just put it under the rug for here, okay? There exists a, a way to make pumpkin beer that it when done properly flavor combination of spice, like any spice beer, herbal beer, uh, botanical beer, whatever, it is perfect. Now, there was a moment where I opened, first of all, Elysian before it got bought out, yeah. okay? You were talking about this beer to me about six years ago. I <laughs> never will get over when I tried Night Owl for the first time. Yeah. Elysian's pumpkin stout. Okay. That beer changed my life. And then I spilled half of it on the ground, but it, the, the half that I did have. And, and now your performance is based on how many pumpkin beers you're allowed to make in the upcoming season. Yeah, we had bets going on about. I want to send two to distribution, but they only want me to send. I think one. you were at three. You made it to zero, and you might work back up to one. <laughs> we're having one. That's for sure. Good. I think that's a good call. Yeah. One is. Good. Uh, we, we we like to encourage employees and owners as well. And, one distribution, uh, three in the tap room. Is that that's one the way now? That we've settled it, right? Ten. I love it. Pumpkin everything. Pumpkin all October. Pumpkin fest should be a thing. It is a thing in a lot of other cities. Can you, can you please? I want to be here. I want, I want that. No one else is doing it. There's yeah. a bunch of well, actually people. Put well, but it's also trending now to really hate on pumpkin beers. Yeah, Matt it is, because they're shit here. That's the, that's the real no, no, thing. No, but it's even like an American spectrum uh, and everything. Well, the, the hate comes from a lot, the fact that they send pumpkin beers out in July. Because they think, the, like, literally in the U.S., okay, July's an exaggeration, August, there are pumpkin beers on the show. Yeah, it's too early. You go to Boston, and uh, what's, it's Harpoon, right? Yeah. Harpoon yeah. is, in August, their pumpkin beer is there on the shelves. Yeah, it's a, that's a bit early. It's, uh, yeah, they get excited. It's like when the Easter stuff's on the shelves the day after Valentine's Day or whatever. Oh, my God. Jacko yeah. Latin's everywhere. Yeah, that's what too I much. Um, most questions again. Best beer you ever drank in Latin, Elysian pumpkin, love it. I don't think I can place that one. Best beer in my life's always a time without a lot of beer. And it's hot out. I mean, uh, oil rigs. I, I did like a good three weeks in the bush in a dry camp and, and drive along those cut lines with a pickup truck and you get to a town that sells overpriced beer and you buy 24 of them and you just start drinking. Of course, it doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter what it is. It was vitamin P. It's all the matter. <laughs> vitamin P. You know 
probably one of the first like first time I tried like Cantillon Creek or like a real lambic or something like that. Um, otherwise, Heady for the first time. Yeah, back when Heady yeah. was the only thing that was like Heady. Yeah. And I remember smelling it out of the can and being like, I've never smelled hops like that. Yeah. I still do that. It's not quite the same now, but yeah. similar. Last first yeah, heady cool. experience was a guy in Jutsiel with a uh, big jackets on and he had pockets trench on the side. Yeah, trench coat, like a, like a drug dealer. Yeah, he's like, and he opened up like this and he had heady. Like, I've heard of that. Can you can you give me that? And I just started talking louder. I'll pay you. He's like, shut the fuck up. I'll give you two. <laughs> and that was my first heady. I just slipped them in my bag. Uh, and that's why we love it. It's incredible. <laughs> You never know what's going to happen here. Yeah. He literally has like, he had like 16 on each side. Like. Yeah. That's kind of creepy. I like it. Um, he was wearing pants as well. Damn it. The one I pitched him was just all <laughs> wang. Just all wang. Um, first beer you ever brewed, I guess I can go for everybody. Oh, Lord. Beer I ever brewed? Some horrible extract shit. Like, it ended up in like... Drainful. Free beer for friends. I grew up in the country where you can't go buy beer anymore. And they like shut up and drink it. They wouldn't even drink it until they had to drink it. <laughs> that was my first beer ever. Right. Super Batch Cream Ale. Is it good? That's what got me into this, so it was pretty damn good if I say so myself. Good. I like that. Look at you. <laughs> it's nice to hear a positive first beer story. They're like 90% of bad, so it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say I've never brewed beer, and then I remembered that I took a winemaking class at Abbott, John Abbott College, and uh, I brewed something when I was like 18, and I don't remember. No, it wasn't very good. I don't even know what it was. Maybe an ale of some sort. Extract. Extract. It's usually extract. Um, what would be your death row beer slash meal pairing? So, final beer. What would you? This lightning round's getting longer and longer. Eh? Oh yeah, people keep giving me better questions. So I just keep adding. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that's sick. I gotta ask that. There's, not, there's like four more to go after this, and these other ones are a lot easier. I got it. Bless it. Asian style baby back ribs with black bean sauce and a pint of morality. Ooh, I love it when people come with a combo. Tornado Rossini that is a filet mignon served with foie gras on the top. Oh, the chef comes with some foie Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, if I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat something I've never actually paid for. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> give me, you know, just give me a pint of Murphy's. Something light and dry to cut through all that fat. I was going to go Baltic Porter or something, but that's way too much. I'm dry. I know myself. I'm not walking home at that <laughs> <laughs> what do you got? Uh, let's go with like a Stilton blue cheese and Cantillon uh, goose. Or any any lambic goose. Funk on funk wonderfulness. Um, favorite and least favorite style to brew? My favorite style is the style that goes well. Okay. The one that doesn't block up. Uh, luckily on this system, I, I can't stick the mash. I've tried. Nice. It's really difficult. I, I'm still trying to fuck it up, but it's just not working. Good. Um, least favorite style to brew, definitely a Rogan beer. Something I gotta use uh, enzymes in, but I try and like, cut through or do steps. Or... I like it. 
least wheat beer, probably for the same reasons that Braden said. Yeah. Uh, most stout, just because like mash and wort always smell and taste good, but like a stout wort, that's just, just for me like the best area. fucking taste. Oh, no, best taste. Best oh no, it's your favorite. I'm sorry. Favorite, yeah. Worst is the wheat. I love it. Uh, worst beer ever made? Ooh. Yeah, right. Many. <laughs> uh, no, I, I had one one big batch come out, and we, we could not figure this out. But it just came out as metallic and industrial. It was a it was a light a light ale with uh, added flavors afterwards. But before we added the flavors to it, it was just it, was, it tasted like ground metal. To me. Not figure it out for life. It went in the drain. Like there was no way that was that bad way. That's right. Tomato basil saison. Oh, <laughs> you win. <laughs> Say no more. Yeah. Strained yeah. with a T-shirt. Keep going. That's that's all I got. That's it. I'm. Yeah, that sounds horrendous. It was like uh, a bloody mary, but fermented it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Or tasted pasta? tasted pasta? like eating, Can like we planting headfirst into a garden and just <laughs> getting just, a mouthful of the it. Dirt. The dirt. I'm curious to be honest. Um, what music do you listen to when you brew? I listen to podcasts all day. Nice. The Joe Rogan Experience, uh, Daniele Bodelli, all history podcasts. I, I always need to be distracted to focus on something. If I don't have my earphones in, then I'm probably looking at something and not realizing why I'm not doing it right. I get something in my ear and I even like listen, uh, I mean, Overdrive is an app that the library has here so we can rent any books from the library on audiobook. And, I'll listen to Winston Churchill's biography eight times in a row. Just, uh, it just focuses me more. Music distracts me because I want to sing, I want to dance. That's not what I should be doing. Electronic instrumentals with vocals. Okay. That's interesting. Most brewers always say like punk or metal, which is all white dudes. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> punk bluegrass fanatic on my own time. I also reggae and first wave ska kind of thing, but. When I work, I can't listen to music. Do that. It makes me too excited. Yeah, you're too up. Do you guys play music to the BS by any chance? No, yeah, we've been looking at the immersion speakers, but uh, no, I, I sing oh, yeah. to them sometimes. I yell at them more. Yeah, yelling is good. What are you doing? Make it good. Fuck. <laughs> um, last question What's your favorite hawk? That's for everybody. Impress me. Say something obscure. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Or <laughs> I'll, I'll say because we just brewed with it, but Equinox is my oh, favorite. Oh, Equinox is, uh, is a good one. Say Mosaic. Nah, you can't go wrong. That's beautiful. I love it. I was going to say the same thing. Mosaic? mosaic. Good choice. Yeah. I'm not, I, I, I don't like know a lot about hops, to be perfectly honest. No? So, like, the ones I recognize generally are like Mosaic, Citra, Simcoe, stuff like that. I'm kind of like, you know, when you, when you drink something that has, like, it's like a mono hop thing, or Love like it. they talk about that's like the primary hop, like Vic's Secret or Equinox, or then I can kind of like start picking them out, but I don't brew, so I find it hard to get, like to be able to differentiate the aromatics, especially like, it's usually just such a cocktail that like as a taster, it's hard to, oh, to yeah. really like figure yeah. that out. And a lot of them shouldn't stand alone. Yeah, exactly. As much as we want to showcase them alone and Definitely show how, well. how well they are or what they are, but like exactly. a lot of them, they, they all balance well with other hops. It always needs a supporting factor. Not always, sorry, but like often. Oh, you? Yeah. You know. I was, 
probably similar. I was gonna say like maybe citrus or something, but I'm like, you know, I'm enjoying like Mandarin and Bavaria popping up a lot. Nice. Yeah, we just got a ton of that in. We just yeah. used it in a wheat beer. Hell yeah. Um, we we wanted to go different than just throwing the the orange orange peels in there. Yeah. So we went with the orange chamomile tea, and we also went with a huge dosing of Mandarin and Bavaria at the end. As well as the first war hop too. And so, fresh, um, fresh Indian coriander. Yeah, yeah, we went to the spice shop, the real shop. I said, give me the real shit. He said, yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. I said, I know you got in the back. Hell yeah. We got yeah. it up like 10 minutes before we threw it in the boil. And Amazing. Excited that's for that perfect. That's and, sick. I love and those that. like new world German hops, they really, from what I understand, they really change a lot. Like LTM did their IPA with just those hops. And at first it, it was kind of monotone and like didn't really work but you gave the, I, the IPA two months and it became something really special oh, which yeah. is like opposite what well, you opposite, think yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he wasn't even telling it's me when he brewed it like it's not very good at first give it a month and a half try it again and he was right like, what, what? and I've heard yeah. that from a few brewers who like used it in their beers that it got better with time like it mellowed out the oranginess tasted less like synthetic orange and more like kind of just subtle and background. Well the problem is that everyone buys the same dried orange peel. Yeah. And it, it's just boring and then some people try and make it themselves but they take the blight off the white part and it, it's just bitter. It, it's overly bitter. So it's yeah. it's about finding that balance and it's yeah. Just fuck around, have fun. That's, that's yeah. what it's about. That's people it. are gonna drink yeah. the beer, you know? Yeah. It's them. I love it. Guys, that was uh, that was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank really you. Appreciate. It's Thank pleasure, you for having man. us. Pleasure, man. Champion. Thank you, my oh, man. Give me one too. Thanks. Right, Where can I find Thanks you guys online? Thanks for the bone bone. Well, you can find us online oh, uh, fourorigins.com. Yep. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Nico Catalogian, yep. Instagram, Four Origins Beer. Perfect. You guys are super active on all of them. I know it's super good. I yeah. love it. Please run on the social. We are. You guys are? Well, I, well uh, everybody Ben and I run Facebook. Keegan runs Instagram. Nice. Concentrate on what it is. We like, we like to keep Facebook bilingual, so that's why we have that. Yeah, yeah, it's important. I love it. So if you're in Montreal, or even if you're not from here, if you're in town, definitely come by um, the Point St. Charles Group Pub. It's really, really awesome. Great experience. Uh, thank you guys for watching. If you enjoyed the podcast, Chuck us a big fat thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell so you know when the new joints come out. Follow us on social media at BOS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like this talk about beer. Um, Apple Podcasts, all of that. Review, rate, subscribe, you know the deal. That is it, guys. Cheers. Get in ya.